0: So we binge watched the second season of Fleabag on uh, Amazon Prime. Uh, So funny. Like um, she, um, Phoebe, uh, what's her last name? Caster Wallace. Was that it?
1: phoebe custer waldo she's a very famous she was great in game of thrones okay
0: all right um I, i'm terrible with names but bridge phoebe waller bridge why did i forget that i Anyways, don't know it's just
1: two forms of architecture I,
0: yeah you're right um <laughs> she's she's hilarious she um uh, i believe she wrote most of it um if not all of it she did and um you pointed out something to me that i don't didn't remember actually thinking about or realizing like during the first season, most of the characters do not have actual names. Like, pretty much the only character that has a name is her sister Claire, and everybody else is just not referred to by their name. And like, uh, uh, Phoebe um, Walder, Walderbridge, you'll get there. Wal- Wallerbridge, bag. yeah, fle- the she's, titular Fleabag, she's just Fleabag, which is kind of weird and rude but whatever um but in in this particular season she um falls in love with a priest uh and he's he's a cool priest but he um hey everybody cool priest yeah right um and he's funny and quirky and um he's played by the actor who played uh moriarty in uh the newer version of sherlock um Got two
1: first names yeah. where one is named after masonry. The other one is named, or two people, and I can't remember his name. It's Andrew something.
0: Okay. It's not
1: Andrew Norton. Talked about him last week. Right. It's not Andrew Garfield. No. Where's that Andrew Garfield?
0: Oh, uh, I don't know where he is. He I don't to? know what he's doing.
1: Andrew Scott. Anyway, I was I was big. Okay, writing.
0: two first names. Yeah. we spoil it? Um, what do you, you- Is it
1: a spoiler to say that- Things go badly for her.
0: I don't think it really is because yeah. that's just kind of her character and like what things that happen. And she, she even like her dad gives her like a gift certificate to a psychiatrist or a psychologist, and she goes just because she's like whatever. She, actually, she wanted the money back from it, but then they had been talking for like five or ten minutes, and the lady was like, "It's too late." Um, you liked it. Yes, uh, I loved it. I thought it, it was uh, very funny. Um, kind of seems like it's going to be the last season, which is too bad because she waved at the camera at the end of the last episode. So that kind of makes me think that it's going to be the <laughs> This is just
1: six times. You had it right, right? Six times yeah. three. So it's, this is just 180 minutes of a woman waving at a camera. I,
0: I, yeah, I, don't I suppose you're the right. I what the problem is. Yeah, okay.
1: It, I was disappointed. Pointed not by the show, but by life. Okay. In that a such a talented writer and actress
0: mm-hmm.
1: who's making the real girls, uh, remember Girls?
0: Yeah, I remember. We've girls. all
1: forgotten. Yeah. Uh who actually has ca- something to say mm-hmm. about relationships and not about how being the voice of your generation. And yeah, even if you say it ironically, you're still saying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh it is not I mean, she's re- she's writing the new James Bond movie. I mean, she's I not know. Like she's not successful, but right. after having had such a funny and emotional and like touching like first season, you think Yeah. all right, here we- season 2. Yeah. and it feels like a lark.
0: Kind oh, of. you think it so? It feels
1: like I don't know if it was contract or if it was can't wait. What's that, James Bond? Let's get this done. Or if it was just I don't have any ideas. What if my character, the worst character in the world, yeah. fell in love with a priest? Right, you know, like it just seems like a like a joke.
0: I yeah, I guess like, I, a, can like, see like
1: that. I mean like a joke with a setup and a punchline. Yeah, like a priest you know, and a prostitute walk into a bar or right. whatever. Right. Um, I'm not calling her a prostitute. I'm just saying, um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I know so like, that's frustrating to me. Uh, I didn't think that it was, the stakes seemed lower than the first season, mm. even though yeah. she's literally being threatened with like going to jail or whatever, but that, you know, that's not going to happen. Right. And they have that thing with the psychiatrist and she goes once, and it's not like she yes. says like, hmm, maybe I should do this more. No, because I need help, or I love freaking out my psychol psychiatrist. Right,
0: it which just she seems enjoyed. to it's just sort of there. Yeah, that's planted true. maybe
1: for the future, but it doesn't seem like we're gonna get the future. Right. And I think it'd be really sad to leave it here. And I Andrew know. Scott was was good. He was good. I don't yeah. like a lot of what he does. Oh really? But I think it's just because he's got bug eyes. And they go, bug eyes, bug eyes, bug eyes. We need bug eyes. Speaking of James Bond, uh-huh. he was in the last worst James Bond movie ever. Sure. Because it's like, need a bug eye. Bug yeah.
0: Eye. Got yeah. him.
1: And so he just does that. And so in this case, they went like, what if we get a guy who is a priest, but he's like, you said, cool priest. Yeah. And so we need a guy who is sort of playing against type in this, in that we get Moriarty or the the actor behind crazy you know villains or whatever and right plays like this yeah you know jesus is just all right with me kind of guy uh-huh what are we, where do we, we go from there um yeah, so, yeah i
0: don't really know where we go from there maybe that was one of the problems with that the show had
1: but i mean like her you know she was a sexy lady in a big city until she oh uh your caller yeah you know, i don't want to
0: wait for yeah. that. it, it yeah. just, it's just
1: such a like did she want to take like i bet i could take a shitty like uh romantic comedy premise yeah. and give it depth right but why
0: i don't know i uh, just to prove that she can um i guess yeah i, I liked
1: when like she went to the she goes to a job interview and she starts taking her, her sweater shirt. off. And, I know. And she doesn't have a shirt underneath. And the guy's like, You're not going to, that's not going to get you any purchase here. She's like, I thought I had a shirt on underneath. Yeah. And that guy becomes a running character. And he yes. shows up in this season. He does. Yeah. Like that was, I'm interested in things like that, like yeah. her world.
0: Yeah. And yeah. Um, Stranger Things
1: guy. I can't remember his name, um. but him, he always plays a dirtbag too. Uh-huh. But instead of just coming in and being like, Ha ha ha, everybody, he's the well, crazy right. neighbor, he's the dirtbag. They're carrying it the whole way. Like they're just looking at the end evolution of the dirtbag character who is not able to keep it together. Right. And Claire gets her horrible asymmetric haircut. Yes. It just seemed like this is a crazy world, but it's going somewhere. Uh And now it'll never go anywhere.
0: Yeah. Which is kind of disappointing. Because a fox
1: that is chasing a priest is real.
0: Right. Is that a joke or something? I don't I don't know. Like, it felt kind of like it was a joke. I don't know.
1: I haven't read but enough it, biscuit tins to yeah, get that one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's something British that we just don't get. I don't know. Well,
1: uh, foxes are very British.
0: Are they? Yeah. Well, I, I suppose they used to hunt them. Yeah. And stuff the song, like Foxy
1: Late. No, Hendrix spent a lot of time in London, and it was written... Specifically about, you are just just taking this in. I am. Does your cheek hurt? Because there's a hook in it. Oh
0: my gosh. And that
1: character was played by Haley Atwell in the movie. <laughs> uh, well, this is just an trope Podcast. I'm your host, Caliban. Joined as always by my co-host. Hi,
0: I'm Econ Hana. The kind
1: of show where you might hear some people talk about All Is By My Side, the Jimi Hendrix movie. Not yeah. today, not today. No. But soon. <laughs> Shouldn't we do a movie about uh, British bi- uh, musician biopics?
0: Uh, we could. I mean,
1: we did k- k- kooky kookie coconut man.
0: Kooky coconut man. Yeah. Sounds uh, great. Sounds very, great. Very velvet goldmine. Shut up. <laughs>
1: velvet goldmine. We did velvet goldmine. What did we do velvet goldmine for? Were we doing Bowie
0: movies? Jeez, I don't. We did do. When Bowie we don't know movies. our own history,
1: we're in trouble. We
0: we did do Bowie movies. We did a, we did a thing on that. Like I think it was a movie that right after he passed. I think
1: <laughs> they should remake now because. I remember at the time people being like, "Ooh, it's like it's the gay sex movie." And the gay sex movie is basically just Ewan McGregor throwing his hands up on a roller coaster and being like, "Yay, I love gay sex." Right. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty much it.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Um If you want to do like a real movie about you know, uh, David Bowie and and Brian E, you know, and whatever. Right. Like, we could probably really do that.
0: Now. Yeah. Yeah. Um that'd be nice so yeah <laughs> yeah looks like Hunt is yeah. in for a yay Black. gay sex well it'd be nice if we got like an actual biopic about queen too instead of what we got so i just saying yeah i'd love to see it i an know some nice people biopic. who have seen
1: that movie and they're like
0: mm, it's, it's fine it's good it's good yeah they're just being nice
1: well we, we've all seen youtube is a is dark and full of terrors yes it is and we've all seen the video about like best uh oscar for editing huh
0: yeah i know right <laughs> here's
1: how to here's how to take a scene about the band meeting their manager and put 47 cuts into it yeah and then i saw another video recently that just laid out like oh the entire thing is a lie like there, yes none of it's true Oh boy! I remember know. when they broke up, and he just heard that he got AIDS, and then they had to go out and rock you at uh, Live Aid. It's like none of that, that ever that happened. Yeah, doesn't happen
0: like that. No, no. I know. Why I lie just...
1: about all of it?
0: I don't know. And like the guys that are still—I bet
1: he didn't even have twelve cats.
0: Uh, the guys that are like still alive today, who are a part of Queen, were like, "Yeah, this gets our stamp of approval." Why? Well, that,
1: but see, but that was always the way it was going to be because Fr- Freddie's not around to go. Tell my story however you want, or tell it this way. Tell or it do accurately. Or don't tell it right. Only there left, and the music and persona of at Freddie Mercury is the band Queen. Sorry, Brian May, you're a right. really, really good guitar player. Right. But that's what we're talking about here, and so they know that, and so they always wanted to. That that's why Sasha Baron Cohen left the picture. He was going to play. Oh my God, the perfect guy to play Freddie Mercury. Yeah. We'll just shoot down because he's like a million miles tall right but otherwise perfect and he quit because the band the band came in and was like can we not be so gay and can we remember that time that i hit somebody with my car we're not going to talk about that and they wanted to make it like a commercial for queen. queen with adam lambert and it's like well we're not gonna do that right in fact there's a story about how i don't remember the whole story but basically like they thought that Freddie's death would be and that's the midpoint of the movie it's like what no
0: because yeah
1: no i don't want to hear about brian may's physics degree or or whatever
0: well right like yeah no that's so weird yeah what a weird choice yeah I, i i just i don't get it i mean i guess i understand like you want your best foot forward and you want yourself to be represented well but Why lie about so much? Yeah, It's like
1: Art Garfunkel producing a Simon and Garfunkel movie and he's being like, okay. And then after they finish The Sounds of Silence in Central Park, then the movie begins. Right. And then I'm just walking down the street.
0: It's bizarre. It's really bizarre to me.
1: Uh, We're here today to talk about the devil. (laughs) Actually, we're not. We're here to talk about um, the Antichrist. Yes. Who's often described as the devil's son, but that's not biblical. Mm. That's no. not biblical. Mm-hmm. That's just I think a way to make it into a good movie. Yes. Because if you have the devil show up in your movie, and he's he's like, "Is he here?" My associate, who is also a bad guy. Right. (laughs) It's it's just like, my son. Yeah. And to look at that, I mean, it's just a weird thing to drop on you, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're looking at that in connection with the release of Good Omens. Yes. The Neil Gaiman, Terry Pratchett book that has been turned into a six-part miniseries Mm -hmm. for Amazon Prime. And we're talking about that. Yes. uh, Basically, um, like a review of the first two episodes. We don't want to get all the way into it. If you're not familiar with the story, we'll give you a feel for our feel for the series. Mm -hmm. And then we thought, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Right, Got to fill in some bricks in the pop culture edifice of this show by giving you the particulars on a couple famous stories about the birth of the Antichrist. Yeah, right. We're going to leave the conception of the Antichrist out, a la your Devil's Advocates or your Constantine's. Right. And are there any movies about like the decline of the Antichrist—he's a I little don't... over the hill. Can't <laughs> run as fast as he used to anymore. I
0: don't think that there are. The apocalypse
1: kind of died down a little. Yeah, see, this is a problem with Christian uh, apocrypha or, or eschatological fiction. Uh, there's no, <laughs> there's no life in it.
0: No. <laughs> no way to make
1: a Walking Dead out of the end of the world. No. Uh, it just kind of ends at some point.
0: Right. Right.
1: Is the Antichrist the greatest villain to lovers of fiction?
0: Because oh, wow, that's a huge question. He
1: is the infernal fat lady, right? There's no more stories after he comes. Well, well I mean, you, there is a story, right. you know. But like everybody lived in heaven happily forever. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a talking head song about that, Right. which will definitely close out this show. Or we'll just do a bunch of Queen. <laughs> If we're the producers of good omens. Right. You'll understand that joke yes. when we talk about it. Right. Let's talk about the news. What's Jessica Jones's catchphrase? Make it a double. Or yeah, leave I the leave think you're the right. bottle. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: Give yes. me that liquor. I don't it's know.
1: fun to have a character who needs to like get cleaning up as part of their arc, but if you do right. it too soon, you know.
0: There's not really an arc. Yeah. Um
1: like McNulty got clean in the second season everybody's least favorite season of the wire right i think he stayed relatively clean through the third and fourth when was he divorcing his wife that wasn't I, all first I season don't was remember. it no because he had the kids chasing stringer bell in like season three right well anyway so. the whole point of season five is he's fully off the wagon
0: right and right and
1: so yeah so you have to like the the, the sad truth is we want to make it we're going to talk all about stories today because this is my this is my premise Remember this. This is the title of the show. Okay. The Antichrist is the death of fiction. We'll we'll sweeten that up a little bit. Right. So we're going to talk about narrative. We're going to talk about narratives versus real life. In real life, alcoholics, there is no cycle to their alcoholism. They just are alcoholics. They maybe quit. Right. To go again. Right. And they either die or they just hit a point where it's like, it's just not even... Whatever it was that was bothering me and making me do this, I have outgrown, or it's not fun anymore, or they people honestly do say I got to stop, and then they they stop, make a commitment, and they stop. Right, but it doesn't. And then I knew when I backed over the head of my little niece (laughs) in my car, that it was time to stop. Right. Um. So in fiction, you've got something like Jessica Jones and. She's had a real bad life. I mm-hmm. was like, ah, leave the bottle. And at the end of the first season, like everything's she cleans up and everything's better. So for yeah. the next two seasons, she's just like getting up early and jogging.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess. No, <laughs> she's <laughs> drinking and smoking, right? Right, right. So then, you know,
1: be realistic. Don't have her right. clean up early.
0: Right, What's right. The point. Right, because you're just gonna have her go back to it. Right. So
1: like. You know, cold open on waking up in a cold pile of puke is that's what we're tuning in for. Yeah, right.
0: right. Exactly. Unfortunately,
1: are we sadists?
0: Um, I don't think we are. As
1: viewers, you know, this I is don't. Just going to be real meta all day today. I, that's well, fine. Anyway, uh, if you are a sadist, then you're happy that Marvel's Jessica Jones. It's been canceled. We knew that a while ago. Yep. But we now know that the third lame duck season of Jessica Jones will be on Friday, June 14th.
0: Oh, coming up then. Okay. I didn't realize there was going to be another season. Oh,
1: don't say that. (laughs) What? You're supposed to be a pro. I
0: am a pro. You're
1: supposed to know this stuff. Right. So, as the end. Yeah. And they must have known that this is the the end. end. Will this try to wrap up? Everything. N C U. See what I did there?
0: Yeah. Um, maybe. Maybe they'll have like a defenders like episode where everybody <laughs> like shows up. Maybe
1: they'll have an episode where she goes, Why are you drinking again, Jess? The Defenders.
0: <laughs> right. Not great. Right? Um, maybe they will do that. I don't know. <laughs> um It's kind of bittersweet because I think well, I mean <sighs> I I really enjoyed Daredevil, I would say, the most out of all of these. But Okay, so you're
1: you're already eulogizing the NCU. Yeah. And my thing is, you're the only person that cares, because if they really cared, and they really thought about it, sure, I know they were all kind of taken by surprise, but when you find out that you've all been canceled, and you're still wrapping up uh, the last season of Jessica Jones, Uh and maybe this will happen, but I doubt it. You find a way to
0: put something in to have there Luke show that? up and yeah. have
1: Matt show up yep. and to have that asshole Danny Rand show up. Yeah, and put some kind of caper on this thing, you know, like a, yeah. a, a toast mm-hmm. uh, with grape juice or <laughs> apple juice sure. for Jess. But right, yeah, but I, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> it's gonna be like that's too bad, and that's why. Everything worked out. Hmm. And
0: I, I sobered up show's again. Anymore. Yeah. yeah. Right. Again.
1: <laughs> yeah. Every season it's just.
0: Yeah. Just drying <laughs> out.
1: Just crawling out of the bottle.
0: Yeah. Exactly.
1: Well, I hope you enjoy Jessica Jones. Yeah. <laughs> People are still watching that show. Um, guess what else is dying? What? iTunes.
0: Oh, my gosh. I'm so terrified about this.
1: iTunes has finally, or Apple, excuse me, has decided to pull the plug on iTunes. Now, here's what I mean when I say iTunes. Mm-hmm. I mean the store. The digital okay. United Marketplace of Movies, Podcasts, and Music, iTunes, the software platform, yeah, iTunes, yeah. that bugs you about updating all the time. Yes. That's going away.
0: I'm concerned about this because for a couple of reasons. One, I still have iTunes gift cards that I need to use. Two, all of my music is on there. So what do I need to do as a iTunes consumer to save myself from Love this. Love that you
1: mentioned that before the multiple podcasts that We have on, the multiple podcasts on, the on there as well. Uh, yeah, yes. know where your priorities are. Oh, okay. Let me assuage those fears by telling you that it will be replaced by three separate apps, oh an entertainment app, a music app, and a podcast app that will be forthcoming from Apple.
0: Are we going to have have names for them? Yet?
1: iPod. Oh, it's been done. Uh, iMusic. iMovies. There you go. Actually, yeah. iMovie is a program. iMusic, I think, is free <laughs> as far as trademark goes.
0: Right. Well, like... Aye, I, I I. I can't I, take any more. I know. Well. I know, too. Will we have to pay for these separate platforms, do you think?
1: Or? No, they're just going to... They're just, so they're sp- just splitting, splitting up. it up?
0: Yeah. Okay. All right.
1: And to this end, they have already uh, basically cleared out their Instagram and Facebook pages. Wow. They've cleared them of content, basically.
0: Wow okay this is uh this is huge so
1: it's huge but it's like you know the king is dead long live the king kind of business as usual i guess all your music will be safe on the
0: music, w- music version yeah
1: i'm sure that you're i don't know if does itunes like earmark the money like if it, you buy an I, I itunes know. music card it's all just for the store right mm-hmm. so i'm sure that
0: well
1: maybe you'll have to decide if you've got credit where it will reside? Maybe they will have three different storefronts for those three different things.
0: Sure, yeah. Um, I'm just—I don't know. I'm—I'm I'm terrified. I'm going to lose stuff. But
1: well, I think that it's just become unwieldy. That's this is You're honestly like
0: monstrous. Well,
1: this is this is what I haven't been able to find out, and I haven't really dug a whole lot. But I'm not—I don't really know why they're doing this because I know it's good for consumers. I hate the iTunes Store app. We all do it somehow for a company that makes their bones on being user-friendly and easy mm-hmm. to use, mm-hmm. it's impenetrable. Yeah. It barely ever works right, mm-hmm. and it updates all the time. Yeah, I know. And it updates so much. <laughs> this is... Let me give you a little uh, little look into how I solve problems. Uh, everything's a nail to me. It updates so much. You know, your computer will go, boo-doo-doo sometimes and you don't know what that was unless there's a specific notification that comes out. I got so tired of my computer randomly going boo-do-do that I tracked it down by looking through like the logs of what what was happening. And I found out that it was iTunes updating, uh, not the software necessarily, but just like looking on the store and seeing if there's any new podcasts or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I went into the settings and I got a computer voice online to record the words iTunes updated and I replaced the sound that oh. plays when iTunes is updating with the computer voice saying iTunes okay. updated. So I knew that it was iTunes that was updating.
0: That's <laughs> clever. <sighs> yeah.
1: But anyway, they're getting rid of the client. This is a move that will help us.
0: Okay. Right? I suppose. It get rid
1: to the, gets rid of this unwieldy client. I don't have a lot of music in iTunes. I mm-hmm. just go on there.
0: For podcasts. For
1: my own show and for other people's shows. Yeah. So I will be all over that podcast app, which I'm sure will be as unuser friendly as, as iTunes, iTunes was,
0: yeah. I, but I've, they're
1: this seems like this is why are they helping us? We're their customers.
0: Well, <laughs> maybe that's you know part of it. They, I, I think you know, podcasts have taken over a huge part of it these days. And um, like you said, maybe it's just, maybe just too difficult to manage um, those three separate things. So.
1: Well, they Um, haven't been doing a very good job, so. No. That's why. Kudos. Yeah. Take a bite of that apple. I guess. Hey, Tetris. Yeah? It's 35.
0: It's 35 years old?
1: Tetris is 35 this week.
0: Oh, wow. Happy birthday, Tetris. Share
1: your Tetris story.
0: I don't really have a Tetris story. (laughs) You ever played Tetris? I think I've, I've played it a couple of times, but not really a whole lot. Um it's fun. You, like, move the pieces around and everything, and then they go away. So, yeah. I don't know. That's about all I have for a Tetris story.
1: Sister, that's, that's the bed, music bed for your Okay, Tetris sure. Story. <laughs> Thank or, you. We'll make that fit in post. <laughs> I used to play Tetris on the Game Boy. Sure. Very old. Mm-hmm. Um. And I remember just playing it, you know, in the back of a car. Oh yeah. When I was being mm-hmm. kidnapped by my friend's family.
0: Oh my goodness. You being were kidnapped taken by to your friend's family. Minnesota. Oh my goodness.
1: To help them illegally dump some stuff in the woods. Wow. Uh, playing and also playing uh, Super Mario uh, oh, World too okay. or whatever it was called. All right. Yeah, it's fun sometimes.
0: Wow. Uh that sounds like a bigger story there. But uh, Moving on. Sounds like a
1: Kevin Bacon movie. Yeah. Uh, okay. And one more story. Uh, people think that Black Widow is now shooting.
0: Okay. Uh, why do people think that?
1: Because they have seen Scarlett Johansson uh-huh. in Norway. Okay. Where the movie is purportedly shooting. Okay. And she has blonde hair.
0: All right.
1: In these pictures. Now, um, I
0: okay. would just
1: guess that Scarlett Johansson is just visiting...
0: The place Norway. where she
1: feels the most at home, you know, with white, Aryan people. Wow! Flashing her Mjolnir tattoo as much as you can.
0: Oh, okay, all right.
1: This is supposed to be a segment where we talk about the problematicness of Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, I
0: understand. I'm what trying you're to ease you
1: into it, into it but yeah. you don't seem to get where we're going with this. If you're somebody who so. Mjolnir or Thor's hammer has long been a symbol, a uh, sort of icon, you know, for Scandinavian peoples. Yes. But thanks to appropriation, and you go appropriation. That's just fake. That's something that woke millennials is trying to push on us. It's like, well, there's this thing called the hooked cross, mm-hmm. uh, the swastika, mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with Germany. But Germany decided to appropriate it. Oh, sometime in the twenties or thirties. You know, all that business yeah, that happened, know. and now it means that, even though for yeah. thousands of years, it had nothing to do with that. Yeah, I know. It was a symbol of renewal. Yeah, A yeah. symbol of the sun. Yep. A positive symbol. Yep. Well, we'll anyway, I'm just mad. I can't wear my Thor's Hammer necklace anymore oh, because okay. neo-Nazis have uh, appropriated. appropriated that. So if you're a lady who has been in a movie with a literal Norse god, you can just go, yeah, it's uh, Avengers, right? But it's not really Avengers, is it? What? I'm calling Scarlett Johansson a white supremacist. I
0: don't think you should do that. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. I don't. I don't think Hot she take. is. Um, Hot take. take. I don't. I don't think she. She is. No. Um, no, I don't.
1: Well, we know that she cares about representation in movies and casting.
0: <laughs> All right.
1: Both racially, um, sexually, you know that she cares about trans people. You know that.
0: All right. She
1: loves her soda stream. Okay, calm machine. down. <laughs> this segment is not going to be any fun if you don't play. Play I, along.
0: I don't. I don't want to play along. Um. I. I. I don't know. I like her. Um. I. I know she's made some mistakes, and she's. Um. You know she hasn't always made the best decisions, um. And so maybe I need to. Um divide the artist from the art um but i don't want to think of her as a white supremacist (laughs) like at all What? so
1: that's i'm you know i'm taking it to an extreme
0: yeah i know you are
1: but she seems to be somebody who doesn't care much even if it was i know trendy i'm sure there's a lot of people who pretend to care about stuff like that because it's cool right now Mm -hmm. not everybody who added a Me Too hashtag to their tweet, really cared all that much about... The movement. ...hearing, you know, survivors' stories and believing women. Mm-hmm. But you think she could just pretend. But,
0: yeah. you know, I'll
1: give her this. I don't think she's ever been a person who really gave an F about much. No. Now, some people call that going your own way. Some people call that self-centeredness.
0: Yeah. I no, don't know. know. Maybe mm-hmm. a little
1: column A, a little column B.
0: Yeah, all right.
1: That's how you say in German. Sure. Um. <laughs> I love the immediate. Sure. Oh, <laughs> They've also seen trucks with Blue Bayou printed on them in Norway. Okay. Uh, it's that actually blue, blue Bayou printed in Russian. Uh, that okay. is the working title of the production of the Black Widow film. I see. Or huge Roy Orbison fans. I don't know the true answer. <laughs> to this robs uh, and uh, white supremacists not oh, sure it. at all <laughs> no he's a great guy <laughs> he would never have a soda stream machine all
0: oh, right um i i guess um i'm you know i'm looking forward to this black widow film and i really hope it ends up being okay and you know despite the fact that she's
1: you're wrapping it up. She's gone. She's wrapping it up. This is what wrapping it up looks like. Yeah. Um She's wrapping this up.
0: I, you know, I'm excited to see her story. Do you think it's gonna be about Budapest? Because I kept talking about Budapest. At or do this you think point it's gonna be something else.
1: Could anything in Budapest live up to
0: I don't know what we the want hype? out of Budapest? I don't know. And with
1: their track record, wouldn't Budapest just be them getting cat scratch fever from a cat?
0: Yeah, probably. Boy. The way they're
1: drawing. It's just like Budapest. Cut to Budapest. Can't get this cat in the car. You have to go to the vet. (laughs) Yeah.
0: that? God, I don't know.
1: <laughs> that's uh, that's her. That's yeah. Mia Farrow. Yeah. You asked me a question while we were ten minutes through the omen
0: uh-huh. and I think
1: you had recently completed Rosemary's Baby.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Apropos of nothing, we're watching Gregory Peck and Lee Remick walk by a river and you're like, why would Woody Allen cheat on Mia Farrow? Yeah. So it's something of a non sequitur.
0: Yeah, 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 it was. Um, I just think she's uh, talented and she's beautiful and i just don't get it you know like i mean i guess it's the same as um, does he
1: seem like a man huh? who is satisfied with satisfaction
0: no <laughs> i guess not i mean i was gonna say um uh god what is his name the guy who cheated on elizabeth hurley Hugh um, Grant. Yeah, Hugh Grant. Like, the same sort of thing. Like, why are you cheating on Elizabeth Hurley with a prostitute? Pathology? I guess. Like, you, you just... Enough is not enough. Y- you know, you're you're just not satisfied. Um, <laughs> you're just always looking for something else. Um, that's all I can think of. Sure.
1: Why not? <sighs>
0: um, it's just depressing.
1: Why would he... Be with Diane Keaton.
0: I don't. I mean, I don't it might.
1: It, when I think of like uh women who are now in their seventies, who oh, sorry, Diane Keaton. If you're not in your seventies, I'm just doing math. Yeah. Um, who are pretty much emblematic of like this woman doesn't take. She's gonna. She's a a Charlie perfume commercial. She's right. making it happen. Yeah. That might have been a process, mm-hmm. as it is for everybody. Maybe she wasn't that way in 1977, but right. here's a woman who's like, not going to put up with any Woody Allen shit.
0: Right, right, exactly. So why
1: would he even bother in the first place?
0: Yeah, I know. Um, Which isn't
1: to say anything about Mia Farrow. No. But, you know, like, why would Frank Sinatra... I don't know. We're not going to get into Mia Farrow's love life. That's yeah. not why we're here. We're here to talk about her <laughs> fictional love life.
0: Uh, yes.
1: With... Um, uh john cassavetes in uh in uh rosemary's baby yeah from 1969 yeah uh how'd you feel about watching a roman pulaski movie it's probably the first time since things got real hot for you right oh we watched the um the apartment a while back
0: yeah um i so i'd seen it like way back in like high school but um i didn't really remember it that well and um just watching the opening credits and then seeing Roman Polanski's name, I was like, Oh, that's right. I forgot he was the director <laughs> of this. Yeah. And I just kind of felt like disappointed, like already. But um um it was it was fine. Um I mean obviously this is somewhat about um women's rights in, in a in a small way. Um you know, in like like you mentioned she gets her her hair cut really short. And that was kind of her way of like rebelling, and but also, like, it's really in right now. She kept saying, Oh, well, it's really in, it's Fidel Sassoon. And so
1: we're getting yeah, into analysis,
0: yeah. Um, it's Fidel Sassoon, yeah. Um, and then, like, there's another part where what, what, uh,
1: what happens in the movie?
0: Well, so they move into this apartment in New York, the Dakota, and yeah. Uh, I don't it, know if
1: it's called the Dakota in it isn't. the it's, movie. It's, it's something, a fictionalized, like, oh, it's a weird building. It starts
0: with a B. I but can't remember. But it's the
1: real-life Dakota uh, that John Lennon was shot outside of. Oh, great. But, I mean, that wouldn't happen for another 19 years or whatever.
0: Right. So it takes place in 1966 and 1967. Um, they're this young Hi. couple, and they move into this pretty big apartment in New York. And, Do you know um, what, the,
1: what the building's called? Mm-mm. It's your favorite word. What? The first part. Bramford.
0: Oh, my God. I see what
1: you're <laughs> oh, saying. bugger. bram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. Go ahead.
0: Um, and their friend who, I don't know if it was- Hutch, who is the manager of their previous building or just a friend of theirs, I don't know, was telling them that the building has a lot of kind of horrible history. Like there were witches that like lived there. Yeah, the
1: sisters who- Yeah. yeah. Eight and babies and, or whatever and then there's
0: been like a lot of weird things that have happened there there was a dead baby that just showed up in the basement somehow and and stuff like that and they're kind of creeped out but they move in anyways um it's a great deal i yeah right um and uh i mean i i don't know i don't want to like recount everything but rosemary okay. like befriends this one lady in the laundry room and then like the next day she's dead, like she's fallen out of a window. And they supposedly it was a suicide. Um and she was staying with the this old couple who who their last name is Cassavetes, right?
1: We'll talk about some of the weird names in a little bit, but Castavets.
0: Castavets. Okay. So pretty similar to the actor who plays Guy's like last name.
1: We'll talk about that in a little bit. All right.
0: But they're they're kind of different and you know, uh, but they invite them over for dinner and they so they kind of befriend them, uh, take them under their wing, that sort of thing. Um and uh her Rosemary and her husband Guy have decided they want to try to have kids. Um they ha- make a special dinner.
1: Um, <laughs> night of marital rape, yada, yada, yada. Well,
0: right. Minnie brings over a special dessert, quote unquote. Uh, and then Rosemary feels really dizzy. And so Guy puts her to bed. But oh,
1: we're not going to yada, 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 okay. Yeah.
0: And, and then, like, she gets basically raped by Satan, <laughs> which is a huge part of the story. That'll happen. Uh, and everybody who's in the apartment is like part of this coven like and her husband is even part of it and she's kind of going in and out of well, now consciousness. now at the end
1: okay so we're gonna skip with Charles Groden
0: well no I mean <laughs> she kind of under she sees them and she thinks it's a dream yeah 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 uh she wakes up and she's got scratches all over and right, she right. she was like and then she you had sex with me while pr- I was like out of it
1: okay see we want to section everything out right oh, this okay. is how you podcast so we give a quick summary and we talk about all right the <laughs> Okay. All right. Anyway. So yeah, uh, I'll finish up. So uh, Mary's uh, Rosemary is now worried about uh, her baby. She is pregnant. Yes. Uh, Everybody's trying to control her. She doesn't like it. She thinks she hears and sees things. She has a lot of pain. Yeah. She wants to eat raw steak. It's real weird. And uh, yeah, she's trying to get out. She's a you know, probably early mid 20s, you know, housewife yeah. in the 60s mm-hmm. set specifically, like you said, in, you know, 65, 66 or whatever,
0: 66, 67.
1: Well, it starts in 65. But anyway, I make that point It's on the Wikipedia page. Okay. So it's, it's literally about this woman in the very dawn or pre women's lib era mm-hmm. who is trying doesn't like what's happening to her. Doesn't like her husband's treating her. Doesn't yes. like the, her friends. Right. And has literally nowhere to go. There's mm-hmm. absolutely nothing she can do. Mm-hmm. And so the antichrist is born. Yes. The right. end.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Roman Polanski films, contrary to his behavior in real life. And I don't know. You know, you could say it was you know one weekend, and actually it was more than one person. But you know, it's just a part of his life. But it's like if you spend the next forty years denying and running from that then it does become your whole life isn't it yeah so contrary to Roman Polanski's entire life many of his films are about paranoia Mm -hmm. about gaslighting you know Mm -hmm. about women feeling paranoid um really about like women's liberation and women being victimized by men Mm -hmm. so Right. Mystery of life. I don't know. Yeah, I know, right? But that's at the core of, you know, what's going on here. It and is. And it's like we said, you've got, it's all a metaphor. Now, Ira Levin didn't write that into his book. His book is just a spooky potboiler about, you know, the birth of the Antichrist, the Antichrist. or whatever. yeah. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's funny, we talked about, well, we haven't talked about it yet. <laughs> uh, William Castle appears in this film. Yeah. William Castle B, famous B-movie director, you know, of of The Tingler and Homicidal. Yeah. And he uh, he he had he was only ever really famous for making those bad movies, but he really wanted to be more than that. On my other podcast that comes out oh, once every two years or so, called <laughs> Craft of Services, yeah. uh, we talked about a movie called uh, The Lady from Shanghai,
0: mm-hmm. which was yes. an Orson
1: Welles film. And yes. William Castle originally wanted to make that film and he brought it to the studio and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, okay. Orson Welles, do you want to make this?" And William Castle's like, "What the hell?"
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: and that's kind of what happened here too. He like optioned the book and like brought it to the studio and they're like, "Yeah, sounds cool, sounds cool. Um not you though. We're going to find somebody else. What about this new hotshot, uh Roman Polanski?" Wow. Uh you make it. So the, his his consolation is cameo in the film. There's uh-huh. a scene near the end where uh, Rosemary's you know trying to call somebody on a on a payphone. Doctor Hill. Yeah, the doctor and yeah. uh, and a guy's like, "Hey, I want to use the phone." She's like, "No, hold on, I'm using the phone." That's yeah. William Castle, right? <laughs> so, poor guy.
0: I know, right? <laughs> I feel bad for him. Yeah, uh, that kind of stinks that he didn't get to direct it.
1: But... Um, other than that, it's. I don't know. It's a very early, you know. There were like devil and demon movies, and I don't know Russ Meyer movies and right. stuff. But this is like a, you know, really early one of the earliest yes. movies in this sort of genre, this like Christian apocalypse sort of genre.
0: Right. Yeah, for sure.
1: And I think that's. I think it's significant. You pointed this out that like everybody's old.
0: All of the the people in the coven are old.
1: Yeah, there aren't any like. Hot young Satanists who no. are like, we gotta, this is the new wave. Well, Satan, there is, baby.
0: There's like maybe Where's one Mick Jagger? guy who like comes in at the end and he's not, he's somehow.
1: The Asian guy is a photographer?
0: Well, the that guy, but there's like another guy who comes in and they're like, oh, here's the Antichrist. Come meet him. You know, and so like, I don't know if he's really a part of their coven or he's in another coven or something, but he's like, <laughs> he's... he's like younger ish. Yeah, he's from the but... Buffalo chapter. Right, exactly. He just, he just, came, just in. came to see Antichrist. Yeah. You
1: know? Yeah, well, you know, I think that's because there's this idea of, and this might be, here's my interpretation, they are the old guard, you know, they represent, if Rosemary is a young woman who wants a new and different way of life, they are doing their best to um, propagate, perpetuate the the old order, you know, they Mm -hmm. want things to be the same way, and it's, of course, evil, because it has Satan and the Antichrist at its, its root and core, yeah, the youngest people in the movie are John Cassavetes and Mia Farrow. Yes, and um, we never—it's funny because it's such a betrayal um, by her husband.
0: Yes, but we never Absolutely. get any. I,
1: I don't. I don't ever feel, and I don't think that there needs to be. I just think it's because it's about him gaslighting her and manipulating her, basically. Well, but we never get yes. any motivation for him beyond. I just want to like be a successful actor. So can right. you blind this guy for me? great <laughs>
0: well right it's
1: like why would you give your wife over to this cult and to satan well just he, for this he
0: says to her they promised me that you wouldn't be hurt and you haven't really and it's like right you are basically you you are are saying uh you're what am i trying to say he he is rationalizing this right and, and but, to, but, but, to the but... nth degree and he's yeah. like we've gained so much from this No, you've gained, and at that point, she spits him—spits at him in the face. Yeah,
1: right. And I think that I'm not really complaining. I just think that it's because I think that it can be. I think it's more effective if it's just unexplainable and like just nakedly um, self-serving. Yes. But as far as like a real human being. Like, why would he do this? Is I know it so important to to be in Camelot or something like that. Is right, sixty nine, right?
0: And he's like, it's just as if you've lost the baby anyway, so it's not yeah. a big deal. And I'm like, he comes off as completely
1: inhuman. He's a mathematical equation. Yes, in, in a well, laser. and then
0: like, so there's this portion of the film after she's had the baby. They tell her that the baby's fine. Then they tell her, "Oh, you lost it because they don't." he looks like the antichrist he looks like Satan I get you know I'm thinking he's got cloven hooves and stuff like that I don't know um and so they tell her that he's gone and during that period her husband's like wow you know you you really had um pre-partum the prepartum crazies and it's like <laughs> I just wanted to punch him straight in the face like, You are being an absolute jerk. And she, you know, she knew, she knew her baby was alive still. She knew they were doing something to it. She was afraid they were, you know, using it in rituals and stuff like that. Which, I mean, I guess they probably would do. But they they weren't going to kill the baby because the baby is the Antichrist. But she still, you know, she knew that something was wrong and it wasn't quite right. And nobody was believing her or listening to her and... Um, just incredibly frustrating although I have to say I-, I feel like it's such she changes her mind so quickly at the end like you know she's really upset and she's you know visibly shaken uh, and then there's one lady who's like rocking the cradle and she's like you're rocking him too hard <laughs> stop doing that Yeah, you know and, and in that moment she decides I'm going to be his mother yeah, that's what she decides.
1: Well, it's a maternal instinct, but it's I also know. just her being finally worn down by right. These people Where is she going go? to go? Control her? Yeah. What is she going to go. do?
0: I mean, her she role could as leave. Mother. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, she could leave, but then she would abandon her her child. A lot of so. those
1: uh, older actors too are um, sort of not like super famous. It's not like you know Alan Ladd's out there or something like that, but it's they're all like classic Hollywood actors, sure. who've been around for a while. So, yeah, um, I mean, we didn't even talk about Tannis Root or anything I know, else you want right? to talk about.
0: Um, well, her friend Hutch from the beginning, he he tried to warn her and her husband. She fi- figured, probably. Made they made him go into a coma and then he died three months later.
1: Yeah, Doctor Zayas. Yeah, playing Doctor Zayas. Oh, okay. There's also a weird, there's a preponderance of like Playboy models. Well, I guess two is not a preponderance, but um Marianne Gordon is a was a, like a centerfold and she played uh, one of her girlfriends. And then Terry, okay. the laundry room friend, is played sure. by Angela Dorian, A.K.A. Victoria Vetri, who was a Playboy model at the time too. So. Oh, okay. I don't know if that's just. You know, Roman's version of Tinder. I don't know. Sometimes you know casting can be that, or if he's trying to make a point about like these women who are fulfilling approved like male roles. Right. You've got like a maiden, mother, crone kind of thing. These are the maidens, like um, right. Yeah,
0: yeah. I don't know. Um, Well,
1: thanks for saying it was smart for me to say that. Well, it was smart for you to say that. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding
0: um it is kind of a weird thing um and
1: adrian yo adrian what what's the name of the baby
0: oh that's the name of the baby i didn't realize okay um lots of yens for
1: well it's all antichrist Yeah. yeah i just it's chilling it's like this uh I didn't want to miss baby night. It's like I'm covered in scratches. Yes. What the hell are you talking well, about? Well, right.
0: And then he was like, "Oh, I filed them down." It's like <laughs> you are it's pretty cool that I raped out. you, huh? Yeah, yeah, I know, right? Yeah,
1: but I wasn't even him. He
0: was. Still. I know. He was so casual about it. Yep.
1: Super casual. 1969. Yeah. Uh,
0: and then like he forbade her from seeing another doctor because she was in so much pain. Yep. And like miraculously, her pain just went away. Like in that scene,
1: well, it's like we gotta okay, move
0: on. I know, um, but it, yeah, it's just it's about like controlling women, basically.
1: Yes, um, the I would say that the uh, guy who, um, Donald Baumgart, you know, the actor that, um, her husband replaces, yes, uh, was played by Tony Curtis, it's just oh, a voice. Okay, A little fun fact, and then yeah, the names are weird. You've got the yes. John Cassavetes. And I haven't read the book, so if this all checks out, you know, my bad. But John Cassavetes, you know, plays Guy. Yes. And then you've got a husband and wife named Cassavette. Yes. Which is like, all right. It's very and similar. And then the Mr. Castivet's name is Roman. Yes. <laughs> the director's like, hmm, let's see, head of a satanic cult? Yeah, that'll be me. That's my name.
0: Well, right? What? Like, why would you choose that? Yeah. That's so bizarre. Yeah, it's weird. Um, but yeah, uh. Um, I think it's. Do you like I, it? I yeah, I, I liked it. it. It's weird and it's creepy. Um, and and I think that um the creepiness like builds like towards you know the end of the film. Yeah, like it's not like like a, I don't feel like it's a horror film like right at the beginning. And
1: you can never and the, and the the shocker big finale is hey we're having a party for your baby. Yeah, if you remade this today, and they did, and I haven't seen it, right? Because why would I? Right. Uh, but if you remade it today, it would be she'd be hanging off the edge of a building, and there'd be lightning, and somebody'd be holding a baby up and <laughs> a knife or something. And but well, it's just the the, the banality of I mean, evil. Absolutely. In this case. Yeah.
0: Well, I think their first clue should have been when they went to look at the apartment, and there was an armoire in front of a, a broom closet. Well, that's a little on the nose, but... Yeah, but, I (laughs) mean... Oh, my God! (laughs) And they, like, the guy is showing the apartment and guy, like, move it. Like, and then they're like, oh, it's just a closet. don't worry about that. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And it's like, well, clearly the old lady who lived there was paranoid or, you know, not part of the coven. So
1: (laughs) Yeah, some of these brooms are 20... 25 years old! Right? <laughs> um, if they had a vacuum cleaner, it would have been fine. Uh, she let's talk did. about our next film, uh, The Omen from 1976. Yes. Nobody's ever said The Omen before, but <laughs> no, I just did. You did? Uh, directed by Richard Donner. Oh, okay. Richard uh, Donner. Yeah. One of his uh, earliest films. Okay. And it shows, but we'll get into that. Uh. Uh, it stars Gregory Peck and Lee yes. Remick as a ambassador and his wife, mm-hmm. a couple who wants to have a child. Yes. So bad.
0: Yes. And they do. And kind of. uh, they have a kid and um, the kid dies. And there is a priest at this hospital. Oh, I should make sh- mention too, this is taking place in Italy and it is June 6th. 1966 at 6pm at 6 I thought it was 6am whatever 6 um yeah and so six s- seconds sixth. Six, six. Six, um and the priest is like there is this other baby and his mother died in childbirth so you should just take him and just say it's yours you
1: picks like it doesn't seem like a, like a good idea
0: but yeah but uh that's baby. what they decide to happen Price is so, right. yeah so he brings the baby into his wife she's none the wiser um, five
1: years go by. Yeah,
0: five years go by. They um, were they in France? And then no, they he like moved the ambassador to, 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 England. to London. Yeah. yeah,
1: to London, England. Yes. So they moved <laughs> and to, to London. Do, do weird things happen?
0: Yes, lots of weird things happen.
1: Is there a scene where they're walking along by a river, and then they're like, "Where's our kid?" Yes. And they're like, "Oh my god!" And the kid's standing by a tree, and they're yeah. like, there's our kid?" And the scene's over.
0: Yes. Does that happen? That happens. Oh, I should mention the kid's name is Damien. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if the priest suggested that as well, but
1: Well, it's not a thing yet. Yeah. Later it'll be a thing. Yeah. And then you'll suggest it. Yeah. But stick to this movie.
0: Yep. What happens after that? Um Clowns. Damien has his <laughs> fifth birthday party. Yeah. Yes. And there are some photographers there taking pictures. <laughs> yes. And he has a nanny. And at one point, the nanny is like, Damien, I'm doing this all for you. This is for you, Damien. And she has a rope around her neck, and she jumps off of the house and kills herself. Best part of the movie. Yeah.
1: It's all downhill from here. Yeah, pretty well, much. Except for one part that we'll get to. Oh,
0: well, and she... But you forgot Mr. Waffles. (laughs) Yeah. She notices a dog, and then that kind of seems to give her the idea. And he's like... It's like a Rottweiler or something. And then, like, later, after she does it, Damien sees the dog, and he waves at the dog and smiles.
1: And the soundtrack goes... Yeah.
0: Right. So, everybody's horrified by this, but... uh, Life goes on. <laughs> it certainly does. Well, uh, for some. Yeah, and uh,
1: do they get a new nanny? They after get that?
0: a new nanny, and she tells them that the agency sent her because they heard about what happened in the paper. There, and here are her I credentials. Know,
1: and this happens in a lot of horror movies, but like the the things that people accept. Yeah. Are just really drive the story forward. Yeah. Um,
0: they just accept this.
1: I thought I thought you called uh, Yeah. Oh, I thought that you did. Oh, I'm from the agency. Well, I don't that see checks out. problem with that. There's no security involved in my job as yeah. an ambassador. I know, right? Just come into our house, stranger. I know. Oh, you want to keep a dog in the house?
0: Right. Great. Right.
1: Yeah. And exactly. so that's his, uh, Mrs. Baylock. Yep. And she is the totally not creepy, absolutely fine guardian for Damien now.
0: Yeah. And she tells him, I'm here to protect you. Yes. <laughs> yeah um and you know weird things continue to happen um and there's a hear, rrr, rrr, rrr,
1: rrr.
0: <laughs> yes i know what you're doing
1: and a priest comes in yeah yeah looking played for a flute
0: p- yeah played by <laughs> peter Trouton. so patrick troughton patrick Trouton. sorry not peter yeah. um and uh yeah he's really kind of like creepy and like bug-eyed and he's like you got to do this your 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 son is the ant well he i don't know if he calls him the antichrist or not but
1: he says that he needs to accept jesus yes right now
0: drink his blood
1: <laughs> well
0: he says that a couple of times
1: yeah he's a uh, real hard sell yeah on this christianity very thing. eccentric and uh yeah and you, you forgot david warner i mean he mentioned photographers oh yeah okay. one in particular yes has a lovely mane of uh, page boy locks <laughs> uh, and it's david warner yeah um who's been now that i think about it he's been playing assholes for 45 years wow do you know what i mean yeah it's never I, i'd like to see like paddington 3 david warner is just the, like the kindly old great grandpa of the sure. family or whatever sure or let's be fair hugh bonneville let's, let's say grandpa sure but uh yeah so but no, no never he's always like this you know sort of crusty like, asshole guy. Now, yeah. He's a bene- uh, beneficent or benevolent uh, crusty asshole guy in this. But yes. But still.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: taking a lot of pictures of those
0: priests. Yeah, I know, right? Taking, uh, taking pictures. Yeah. That's what he does.
1: With his canon device. Uh, right? <laughs> so, uh, I'll take over. Uh, okay. Basically, yeah. More and more weird things happen. Turns out that uh, the wife, I don't know her name, uh, is pregnant again, but she's had it with kids. This kid stuff.
0: Yeah. Too much. Damien's a handful.
1: Yeah, this kid can't act at all. And so no. she talks about having an abortion. And the priest meets with the guy and he says, she, she's going to, Damien's evil. He's going to try right. to kill your, your wife's baby. Uh, baby. And he's going to try to kill her. Yes. And he's like, well, I don't know about that. Okay. And and then he dies. <laughs> a Windstorm. <laughs> Uh, the priest picks up yes. and the priest is like mow let me ineffectually flee
0: from this and there's like lightning it's
1: falls off the roof of a church and kills him impales in a way him. almost as funny as the way it was parodied in Hot Fuzz, but not quite as funny. Because he doesn't walk around after he gets uh, impaled. No. And so that is all happening, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, back at the uh, old homestead, uh, Damien rides his bike and knocks his mom off the thing. <laughs> she,
0: a thing. Off the balcony, In a yeah. very
1: stylized way. Uh, somehow, you know, well, actually, I guess the goldfish bowl fell first. Yes. Uh, in what we call uh, you know, foreshadowing. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so she falls and she's hurt.
0: And she loses the baby.
1: Yep. And now, now she's in Gregory the hospital. Peck's like something's, something's going on here.
0: Yeah, right. He's like, oh, I've got And the photographer guy, David Warner, like, um, contacts him and says, "I want you to come to my flat. I need something to show you something." And he shows him. Photos that he Picture, took of boom. uh the nanny
1: pictures of it's the showing
0: nanny. that like rope there's like a shadow neck. of a rope around her neck. <laughs> and then like the priest there's like a shadow of a rod impaling him.
1: Maybe he's just a bad developer. I, maybe. <laughs> and he
0: kinda says that too. But then he said that while he was he went to Oh
1: no, then he takes him to the priest's yes. house that yes. we found somehow. Yeah, and it's covered
0: like, in Bible verses.
1: And this is so we're kind of tracking like the first appearances of tropes. I'm not sure this is the first appearance, but this is the first like crazy seven room I can think of.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and I go to yeah. his house and it's covered with he's pl- uh, paper, the wall with Bible pages yes. and Bible verses, and he's got 47 crosses. I counted them
0: on the door. Uh-huh. Yeah,
1: and um, and he's got a weird journal. That yeah. The cops weren't interested in, I guess,
0: for some reason. Yeah.
1: And yeah, he says that while he was taking pictures of this place, he accidentally took a picture of himself and yeah. in the picture he saw that his head was cut off. Yeah. So that's how we justify this photographer following this guy around.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is kind of lame, really. Well, I mean, but... it's got to be
1: in there somehow. Yeah. You want David Warner in your movie. I,
0: sure. Um, so the two of them travel to Italy to try to get answers from the hospital where Damien was born. Yeah. Um, they find out that there was a fire. Five years ago. So, like, shortly after Damien was born. Right. Um, all the records were burned in the fire. The priest that suggested he adopt the child, um, was he still alive? Answer, yes, but not here. They go to some monastery somewhere else in Italy, and half of his face is, is burned off, and uh, apparently he, he no longer talks. Sometimes he writes stuff down. He writes... he. Uh, Gregory Peck is like, "Where is the woman who gave birth to this baby? I need to know where she is." And he writes down the name of a cemetery. Right. So they go to the cemetery. Well, yeah,
1: but hold on. Before they that all happens, they're like kind of going over things. The priest gave him this Bible verse that is not a Bible verse. Uh huh. But it's this like rhyme. La da 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 da. da and it's about how, oh, he'll rise from the sea. And David Warner's like, many people think the sea is politics. It's like, what is this, a YouTube video? Like, I know, if you right? You just make up whatever things you want. It's I know. just made up, whatever. It's fine. So yeah, they figure out, like, this seems like a prophecy about the Antichrist. He'll rise from the world of politics. Yeah. And he'll, um, when the Jews return to Israel. Yeah. Because I guess Israel was relatively fresh in 1976. Guess. But not really. It had been a while. Yeah. Uh, and then the, you know, when you see a omen or in the skies or, cause I was trying to think what's the titular omen.
0: Mm-hmm. We never
1: really see, we see lots of sort of portents, but we, what is the omen that is described? Right. And they say that there is a star yes. like the star of Bethlehem, yes. but it's on the other side of the world or whatever, uh,
0: whatever, yeah,
1: over England. Well, we don't ever really see that. No. So this is a movie that's named for something that we never see, which I right. thought was kind of weird.
0: It is kind of weird. Um, when they when they get to the cemetery, they of course desecrate the graves. Well, um, it's an
1: unholy cemetery.
0: I know. And in the mother's grave, they find dog bones for some reason. Yes. Uh, and then in the child's grave, I mean, he's like, this must be my. If sign. there's a
1: dog skeleton, remember it's yeah. my baby. Uh, and come on, It's definitely this, a, come on, Gregory. A,
0: yeah. This was over
1: a long time ago. I
0: know it's definitely a baby skeleton in there, and then I guess he was able to tell. There's from... a big
1: hole in the baby skeleton. Yeah, so, so there, he
0: was like, "They killed my baby." Yeah, so it didn't
1: just die. They yeah. set this up.
0: Yeah, this exactly.
1: cult, which they don't lean on. There was a suggestion no. of a sort of evil society. Yes, and we find out later that priests, uh, charcoal drawing priest was part of it. The guy that yes. we've met at the beginning mm-hmm. and. That uh, Doctor Who had been part of it. Yes. But, and I think there's a lot of like backstory you get, like in the novelization, which is also by the guy that wrote um, the movie, where he was part of this evil society. And when you accept Satan or whatever, then you get the birthmark. Although, why six, did he six, have to have the birthmark? Yeah, because when he talked to B- B- Bugaboo later, he mentions the birthmark. That could have been the only appearance of the bug mark, but I, uh, birthmark. But I think it sort of confuses things to have the priest have it too. I know. But anyway, he was had a he was cancerous. You know, he was going to yes. die from cancer, and so he was high on morphine, which kind of explains why he was crazy. Is this also one of the first appearances of crazy priest?
0: It and just I don't might mean be.
1: necessarily, you know fired up hellfire and brimstone preacher or you know or a revival preacher i mean like there's they're coming for you like this sort right. of thing that you see because even like in in the exorcist which was before this both the priests and that are like totally cool yeah <laughs> you know right, like right. max von Sydow's, like knows where it's at like they're right. doing a good job but this right. is like oh crazy rhymes
0: that don't rhyme all the right, time right
1: right i wonder if this is like the first time that that sort of shows yeah,
0: even, up very well maybe um, is it
1: the first time a pack of Rottweilers shows up
0: <laughs> to just savage
1: these dudes? Yeah. Should have brought some milk bones. Uh,
0: yeah, no kidding. I don't know where the dogs come from. And I think it's like suggested that they're hellhounds, the same yes. with the dog that is with Damien.
1: Well, hounds and, and hell kind of go together. Yeah, they do. What I wonder if the suggestion is, is if Damien's mother is a jackal, are they his brothers?
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: Is he from a litter? Right. Of was there a litter of puppies and then one baby like uh, getting an onion ring in your French fries?
0: Yeah, that could very well be. That was a lot funnier than yeah. You laughed
1: at no. Uh, it's funny. We moved. Thank you. <laughs> for <saying> it's funny. <laughs> uh, they escape being mauled just for ten minutes by yes. dogs in a great scene. That scene was tense. Yeah. Uh, and they get back to the thing.
0: The hotel. Uh, yeah. yeah.
1: And it turns out, oh no, my wife died.
0: Yeah. It's freaking Baylock so Push her out a window. Yeah, exactly. She did a lot of falling. That poor lady. <laughs>
1: yep. So we gotta get it right. yeah Take two. Yeah, exactly. She falls out of the, like the third window of a hospital, through the roof of an ambulance, and onto, onto a gurney, a gurney. And it's like, take her right back in. I know. Right? <laughs> it's a good place to fall, right? Outside of a hospital. Yeah. Let's take it right back in. Yeah. But no, I guess she's dead.
0: Yeah, I know, right? She's all ready to go. Yeah. Arrival. <laughs> Incoming. Nope. Nope. Dead. Yeah, which I thought was like kind of an interesting choice. Like, why have her fall on top of a gurney if you just wanted her dead? Because
1: like, it's a good. I mean, where are you gonna?
0: The ground? I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's cooler to fall through something. I though. guess falling I guess. through cars is. We're gonna get to that yeah. later. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so at this point, uh, Gregory Peck's like, "I'm gonna kill Scout." Damien. I, yeah. I mean Damien. Yeah. And uh, we gotta go to Meg- Megido. Which y- is yeah. this uh, town that's being unearthed, you know, in Israel or whatever. And it's, of course, another word for Armageddon. Yes. And he was told by the priest to meet Beetlebum or whatever the guy's oh, name God, is. I
0: can't remember what it was. Weird. Uh,
1: Tannenbaum. Bar- Buggaboo Bernstein or something. Bears. Yeah. Uh Bears. So he does. He meets this weirdo guy and he's yeah. like, yeah, here's the deal. Uh, kids, the Antichrist. Yeah. You got to take these.
0: Special knives. 47
1: knives. <laughs>
0: like Stab Julian, him.
1: this kid it's gonna be real complicated but uh, it has y- to be y- on
0: sacred ground yeah too. you have to in a church, church
1: you got to do it and then gregory peck's like no i don't want to do it it's like you were just gonna do it yeah so because we've got to get rid of this other character he throws the knives and david warner's like i'll do it let me get those knives yeah and then
0: beep beep yeah
1: <laughs> the best scene
0: in the movie oh my god the other
1: best scene in the movie
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah a pane of glass just decapitates him yeah yeah, it's awesome oh my god it's terrifying Um, (laughs) and
1: then just uh, a big rush to the end isn't it yeah
0: yeah. and then you see Gregory Peck on a plane with the knives and yeah big rush to the end like you said
1: yeah he goes home to kill Damien first he cuts off his hair to see the birthmark that uh, Bingie Bao told him would be there yes Billabong of course it is there and then an old lady tries to fight him. Yeah, <laughs> I guess he's old too. Two old people. Yeah, throw themselves around a house. Uh-huh. That dog never comes back. He outsmarts the dog. Yes, in the basement. Yeah, it doesn't find like a window to crawl through. No, or just bust through the floor. Like uh-uh. that dog is out,
0: out of commission. Yeah, yep. yeah.
1: And so he takes Damien to a church to do what he has to do, and he's shot by police. Yeah, the demonic forces in this don't overcome it is merely other so men that stop yeah. what's happening mm-hmm. which leads me to believe as an ambassador if and if you know anything about the omen series we'll go on and uh, damien in omen 3 does become the president of the united states She's so weird played me. by uh sam neill there's a bit of a retcon because that movie is set in the 80s so they sort of retcon the first movie to have taken place in the 50s so he can be
0: oh a president age
1: doesn't matter anyway but there's no commentary here because, yes, the world of politics, you know, mm-hmm. especially in the '70s, man, we realize that that's where the real d- devils are, right? And so you've got this kindly American ambassador who should have power but has to drive himself everywhere. Uh, oh, I guess he's got to drive in the beginning, but um, he never goes to anybody and goes. I'm an ambassador, and I, I need help. Like he doesn't—he no. takes it all on himself. Mm-hmm. He drives a little too fast outside of his house, and a cop's like, "Get that guy!" I know, like, right? You're an ambassador. Right. If an ambassador has his little flag flying and he's going 56, right? I think they're gonna let him go. Mm-hmm. But he never turns to his political power, and he is eventually killed by just plain old policemen, or yep. I guess detectives or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I like, "Well, did you lose? Did you did you need the movie to end? Did I you, think that's Did you forget what it was. like?" What the commentary was going to be? Yeah. Because as the movie closes, he's getting a state funeral, he's dead, and the president is there. And did they adopt Damien?
0: I don't know. Anyway,
1: Damien's with the, the president, president and, his of the, uh, and his wife. Yeah. And then, as this movie's version of La 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 plays, yeah. he turns around and spikes the camera. <laughs> and I know. Smiles. I know. <laughs> wink too much.
0: Yeah. I we'll think do it's a couple with the
1: wink, couple without. Yeah, exactly. But the kid probably couldn't handle a wink.
0: I don't think he could.
1: Kids didn't have to be good actors in the 70s.
0: Apparently not.
1: Except for Tatum O'Neal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, they didn't have to, did yeah. they?
0: no. Just not good. Just show up, be on set, be cute or creepy, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah.
1: That little kid in Shane, I know that's the 50s, but like when did kids as actors become good actors? Jodie Foster? 80s. I guess that was 76 too. Uh, I don't know. Did Jodie Foster ruin it for everybody? Maybe. They're like, oh, jeez.
0: She's so good. These
1: kids are acting.
0: Yeah, maybe. Because this
1: kid is... Would this movie work if the kid was a good actor?
0: Um is him it being... would be better.
1: Is him being kind of blank? Because even at the end when you watch this, I am st- I know that this is all foretold. Mm-hmm. It, the movie is not a psychological thriller about a guy who thinks that his child is the Antichrist. His kid's the Antichrist. He is the Antichrist, But yeah. even at the end as <laughs> this story... 65-year-old actor is pinning a five-year-old kid down uh, to an altar, I'm yeah. like, I feel bad for the kid. Yeah,
0: I know, right? But and you're supposed to.
1: Yeah, until he turns around I and know. looks right at you in yes. row three with your popcorn and yep. goes, he. Exactly. They kind of but- almost make a point about, well, demonic forces aside, he's a child. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, does he become? Is it like X Men powers? Does he become evil at puberty? Does he become he's evil already, because of how he is raised? He's
0: already evil. He's already he, evil. He has and caused the movie his sits on that.
1: Yeah, well, he was just herself. riding his bike. But he, the movie sits on that until the very last shot mm-hmm. of the film. Yeah, like gotcha. Yeah, and William Castle's like.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: I would have loved to have made that movie. <laughs>
0: Did
1: you like the movie?
0: Um. I thought it was okay. I thought the pacing was kind of weird in parts. Um and I I do think if the the child actor had been better it would have it would have helped the film. Um his I mean I I think it I think it works for the most part. I mean Gregory Peck is just like, wow, oh, he's not he's not evil. He's my kid and blah blah blah. <laughs> he ain't then, heavy,
1: he's my brother.
0: Right? Um and then, like, he goes and sees his wife's psychologist. And his wife's psychologist, like, just spills the beans on everything that they've talked about. 70s. I know. I know. And he's like, she doesn't even think it's her child. She thinks, you know, this is clearly, you know, she is crazy, clearly. But, you know. <laughs> um, Psychiatrists.
1: <laughs> the bad guys in these films. I know. And we're not
0: done. I know. So um, he kind of was like, hmm, I can't believe that she like sense that whatever you know but he doesn't go home and tell his wife you know i need to be honest with you uh five years ago when we were at the hospital (laughs) you know um our son died and i decided to adopt this other kid so sorry about that yeah um your feelings are right no 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 he he never assuages that that fear away from her he, he's like, oh, I'll protect you so or I'll make sure you get a good doctor.
1: Easier to gaslight. Yeah. Yes, well, that's what's going on there. Yeah. Um, be, so they remade this movie. This movie yes. was a, a mild success. It did, it did pretty good. I mean, there was two sequels. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a sort of satanic panic that it was kind of tapping into. So, sure. you know, people like this. I don't think it's a bad movie. I don't think it's a great movie. And I think those are the movies that you remake. Yeah. They did remake this in 2006. I should say that this came out on June 6th okay, of sure. 1976. Yeah. The remake came out on June 6th of 2006, okay. starring Julia Stiles. Yeah. Now, if you go Julia Stiles, I'd go oh, Lee Remick as any like cinematic titan, yeah, right. and leave Schreiber in the role of the Gregory Peck role. And it's like, if I could think of a modern Gregory Peck, I think it'd probably be Lee Schreiber.
0: <laughs> Not as accomplished,
1: but uh, right. both tall, low-voiced, and kind of squinty-eyed. Sure, and because nothing makes any sense anywhere ever, Mia Farrow plays Mrs. Baylock.
0: Yeah. Because
1: yeah. devil movie.
0: Yeah, I know, right? I what? Know. I know. Be yeah. more disgusted. I, I know. It's Make it, not okay. I
1: want to hear your disgust. <laughs> Pretend.
0: <laughs> what? Why? I don't know. Because devil movie, like you said. That
1: movie did not succeed.
0: No. No, of course not.
1: The glass scene is awesome. The yeah. dog scene is great. They don't do those anymore.
0: Mm -hmm. Like
1: there's a lot of animals in this movie and you're like, I'm going to look for that SPCA thing at the end of the movie. I don't know if it's there because I'm worried about, well, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I'm worried about some of these animals and monkeys and everything. uh, But yeah, they don't do those, a scene like that anymore. And there's a reason there is a legend around this movie that it's cursed. Many movies that have to do with Satan or the occult or whatever, um, have stories about you know curses or whatever. Sure. The Omen is probably one of the, the biggest of them all. Um, the guy who did the special effects, or at least he was a consultant, mm-hmm. John Richardson, <clears throat> was involved in a car accident uh, around the time, like a week after the movie was released. Oh, weird. Uh, he was driving on a road with his assistant, and they were in a head-on collision. She was decapitated.
0: Oh, my God.
1: And then he like crawled out of the wreckage and the first thing he saw was a road sign saying Amon 666. The town of Amon was six <clears throat> six and three, uh, two-thirds kilometers from the point where the crash happened.
0: Oh, my God. That's insane.
1: Spooky. So did he survive then? Oh, yeah, he survived. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, speaking of lightning, uh, Gregory Peck uh, accepted the uh, role. Uh, He flew over, uh, you know, from America because it was all shot in London Mm. and his plane was hit by lightning and almost crashed.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's crazy.
1: And then after that, Mace Newfield, the producer of the film, uh, like a, a few days later, flew to America, plane hit by lightning.
0: Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's so crazy.
1: And then one of the first shots of the movie was aerial footage of London when they're flying around London. Yeah. Uh, They had booked this plane to take that footage, but they canceled it. And some Japanese businessmen took the uh, flight instead. Plane crashed, killed everybody.
0: Oh, my goodness. Wow. Wow. (laughs)
1: Wow. (laughs) Christopher Rogan (laughs) likes it.
0: Yeah. It's crazy.
1: Uh, Speaking of that uh, awesome dog scene, uh, there's a cut that's probably not in the movie, or maybe it's the juiciest stuff. Uh, where the dogs attacked the stuntman who was wrapped up. And usually there's a command, you know, they get them to stop. Yeah. But the dogs like went too far and got into it and almost killed the guy.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: He survived. Easy. Yeah.
0: <sighs> wow.
1: And then there was supposed to be, speaking of animals, because uh, threes, you've got giraffes, monkeys, hmm. and maybe Bengal tigers. Uh huh. So they had set up to have Bengal tigers be in that zoo scene. And they were getting ready to film this, and they hadn't secured the uh, tiger cages properly. And one of them got out and killed one of the zookeepers that was helping. Oh
0: my goodness! The animals. Wow. Yeah, a lot of crazy things with this film. Yes, um, it's pretty, pretty frightening.
1: Thought I was done, huh?
0: Uh, you're not.
1: Mace Newfield was staying in London. Oh my gosh! And his hotel blew up.
0: Oh my goodness! Was he okay?
1: He wasn't there when it blew up. Okay. So Satan, come on, timing six six six, we gotta <laughs> oh get this gosh. done. Uh, so he moved to another hotel. This time he was in it when it blew up. <gasps> this is the IRA.
0: Oh my goodness! Since the
1: seventies in London,
0: yeah. So so, uh, so he died? Oh. No, he's fine. Oh my goodness! <laughs> no, he's still alive. Wow! But
1: uh, yeah, but anyway, a lot of a uh, lot of things happened. Now yeah. I wonder, can't you can't you go? To any movie and find weird production stories about stuff.
0: Yeah, but I feel this like horror be, films are like worse. Right.
1: Like all the things that happened to the people who were in The Exorcist or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. or uh, um, Actually, people things did happen to people in The Exorcist, but um, Poltergeist is a real bad one. Yeah. And other things, but there's probably stories. You know, somebody was probably disemboweled on the set of It's Complicated, but <laughs> nobody thought about it because, you know, it's just a Meryl Streep movie.
0: Oh, God. Right? Yeah, I don't know.
1: You know? That guy that was bisected during the filming of Paddington 2. Oh, right, People all right. just, you know, there's a little dedication in the credits and don't My make God, any big deal out of it. Stop. I don't know. It's possible. I guess. It's not a great movie, but <laughs> I don't know. It's fun. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about another movie that's not very good and fun. I don't know. It's 1999's End of Days. Yes. Um, now, I've talked about this on the show before. Yes. I talked about this... Two or so years ago mm-hmm. and you were on assignment so you weren't on the show. I talked about it by myself but I'm glad we got to loop back around because it's got to be seen to believe. It's seem to be believed. Yeah,
0: I agree with that. With its
1: 11% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh my goodness. What happens at End of Days?
0: Um. Well, it is uh, the end of the century so it is 1999. Uh, when the movie came out? End of December. Yep. And, uh, Supposedly, um, oh, the baby who is supposed to be the mother of the Antichrist was born 20 years earlier.
1: Right. We're adding um, an extra layer this time. It's not the yeah. Antichrist is born, the Antichrist's mom is born. Right. This is like Rosemary's mom's baby.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Again, a lot funnier than that.
0: Uh, <laughs> and so they, they, there are these priests in Italy and the Pope. And they see this sign. There's like a shooting star over the moon. It's supposed to be the god's eye or whatever.
1: Rosemary's mom's baby is herself. That doesn't <laughs> make any sense. Sorry, continue.
0: So um, yes,
1: there's a comet.
0: Um, and, and there's there's like the secret society or whatever. Um, and uh, so anyways, it then flash forwards <laughs> to like 20 years later, and uh, um, uh, the the devil, the
1: chick from the craft. Well, right. Is, oh, sorry.
0: Uh, the the devil has risen from hell and has taken the body of Gabriel Byrne, and who is who is a Excellent politician. Choice. Yeah, um, and he's supposedly like this really sexy devil or whatever. Um, he's a horny devil. Yeah, he is. Um, but um has this pull over woman for some reason, um don't just just give the and anyways recap. he's he's supposed to find uh Robin Tunney who what her her name is Christ in New York
1: <laughs> well, no it's Christine, Christine York. York
0: but it's <laughs> <is> supposed to <laughs> but somebody thinks
1: that that could be Christ, Christ in, in New, New York. York
0: yes um, uh, I saw
1: Christ in New York <laughs> uh, I rushed it uh pretty good tickets. <laughs>
0: So he's trying to find her so he can impregnate her at like sometime between 11 and mid- midnight yeah, it's on not really, like it's not super accurate. December it's just, 31st. Yeah.
1: Baby making time is like an yeah, hour.
0: Yeah. Anyways, Arnold Schwarzenegger is working I don't know, he's like a bodyguard for hire or something yeah, like he that. Yeah, works for like a security firm. Um and uh and Kevin Pollack. And Kevin Pollack is his buddy who also works Speaking of Christopher Walken. Firm. I know. Um, and, uh,
1: you, you put too much pizza in that shake. I yeah. Don't a, I don't know. Arnold makes a
0: really gross shake. I just can't even talk about it. This
1: whole, look, just stop. <laughs> this whole movie is gross. It is. Everything about this movie is gross. Mm-hmm. The food is gross. The visuals are gross. The apartments are gross. The sex is gross. The mm-hmm. violence is gross. Mm-hmm. Kevin Pollock is gross. Right, <laughs> everything is gross. Mm-hmm.
0: He's protecting the politician who um, is Gabriel Byrne, and um, so then he—that's how he gets involved. Uh, he takes a couple bullets for the guy, and then the guy disappears. And there's there's this—the shooter turns out to be this crazy priest, which okay, doesn't again. make
1: any sense. Why even continue to be pretend to be the banker? i don't know you're satan yeah you decide and i don't know if it's another um this is written by a guy who you don't know is never written anything else i don't know why they let him write this um he maybe there's a cut scene or some cut story where we learn the baker's name or why he is the chosen one right it seems to me that there's so much stuff that goes into Christine being chosen. She's born at the right time, mm-hmm. under, the, a, under the thing. She's a birthmark. She's mark. got the birthmark yep. because nobody's original. She drank some snake juice uh, from Janet's snake hole. And so she's all set up and she's been having dreams about this guy her whole life. Then Satan's like, what's up? Satan in New York. And yeah. he's like, mm, I got to find this guy. He goes, he goes to the bathroom to find this guy. I know. So clearly that guy was important too. Yes. We don't get that guy's story. No. Are there prophecies about him? Was there a secret Order orders Templar or something like that who was like right. searching for that guy? It right. seems like he's random, except yes. Satan goes out of his way to, to reach this him. guy. Yeah. Yeah. And he sticks with this guy for a long time. Mm-hmm. This isn't a fallen situation where he's just jumping. You know, he's Elias Codius for a while and then he jumps off to somebody else and he jumps over to somebody else. He can do that. But mm-hmm. he's just him the whole time. So once he's him, and you grab a titty, you blow up a restaurant, go sit in the sewer for three days, right. and just wait for them your cult to bring you your bride. Right. But instead, he's like, "Ah, oh, one last meeting. I guess this is a big, pretty big deal." I, I was, don't
0: know why. And
1: that's what gets Arnold onto him in the first place. Yes.
0: Yes. Exactly.
1: So anyway, Arnold's on to him. Yeah. Arnold goes to the apartment. I'll finish. Goes to the apartment of the crazy priest. Mm-hmm. And he's a crazy priest. So and seven it,
0: apartment. What?
1: I'm going to pause. A moment of silence for the joke that could have been. I'm sorry. Blurted out the punchline. We'll do it anyway. Is this, does this movie take <laughs> place after seven? Yeah, it does. Every apartment is a seven apartment now right in these movies so yeah there's a cat in the fridge for no good reason at literally no good reason it is literally just a jump scare yeah and there's this thing where they keep cch pounder is the police detective and arnold's a better detective than she is i guess he used to be a cop and so they keep going to these scenes and then the button on the scene is cch, CCH pounder and her crew bust into the scene yeah and so yeah there's this priest to try to kill the guy arnold put him in the hospital they he's writing about Christine in New York or whatever. Uh, We cut to the hospital and Gabriel Byrne goes to see him for some reason. And we find out that this guy, we actually saw this guy at the beginning of the movie. You forgot to mention that Uncle Tio is the Pope in this movie.
0: Oh, yeah. And
1: there's a conclave of um, cardinals when they see this sign and they're like, we've got to kill this baby. And the Pope's like, no killing the baby we protect the baby Mm -hmm. we are the good guys and Mm -hmm. one guy's like i don't know and that's this guy yeah so he's a kooky priest now he's cut his own tongue out and he's now in the hospital and satan comes in to kill him personally for some reason
0: yep he doesn't have his minions do that only
1: he doesn't do a good job because the priest is apparently still alive uh or somehow in all this time managed to before he got pinned to the ceiling carve christ in new york or christine york or whatever on his own flesh
0: yeah among other things and then he dies yeah because somebody shoots him in the head
1: a cop shoots him yeah and everybody's cool with that apparently well i guess he was gonna stab arnold with a syringe or something right so yeah so now kevin pollock's like what are we doing this is not we're not getting paid for this we've got some other douchebag to protect why are Mm -hmm. we chasing this down and Mm -hmm. arnold's like because it's the movie
0: yeah right um and they, they find Christine's address, and she's being attacked by this yeah. group of, like, priests who who are supposedly the good guys. But they're,
1: like, dude priests,
0: though. Yeah. Like,
1: one's got, like, a cool goatee and a shaved head, and they're clearly, like, stuntmen priests. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so they have a big gun battle and this nice brownstone that Christine lives in, and they... Um, Kill one of them, but he disappears, and they just drive weird. the other ones away. Yeah, and they not before they take this little locket that's got a heart with a with sword, sword through, through it and flames. I've seen all those things before. Yeah, and so Arnold starts to bond with uh, Christine, uh, right? Who has a music box just like Arnold's daughter. Arnold is yeah. very distraught and strung out and suicidal because his wife and daughter were killed by somebody. It doesn't really matter.
0: Yeah,
1: and yeah. So basically like they figure out, Arnold figures out with Christine that, thank God there are all these books. It's worse than a Tom Cruise movie. Let's have sex on this desk. The secret documents.
0: Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, They
1: go through the books in the house and there's, uh, they find out that the heart thing is a symbol of this religious order that they're supposed to be the good guys. They protect from evil or whatever. Uh, In the meantime, I never thought I'd get to say this, Gabriel Byrne is blowing up a van with pee. (laughs)
0: I know, what the hell? I just looked at you at this point and was like, why is this happening?
1: And we totally skipped over the part where Udo Kier is in this movie for two seconds. He's Christine's Rosemary's baby psychologist. Yes. Yes. And the devil is apparently shows up at his house because the devil doesn't know anybody else. Do you think i would have a bigger network than this? You You're would the think. Devil. But he's like, "What's up?" He's like, oh, yeah, pretty cool. Oh, your wife and daughter are hot. I'm gonna three way with them." Yeah. In a weird early CGI bad sequence. Yes. Uh, anyway, um, he ki- uh, the way the reason I bring this up is because Gabriel Byrne kills him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because he calls the nurse who is taking care of Christine and says. Bring her over here. But she refuses
0: to for some reason? Because the cops are, no, or Arnold hot, or whatever, are like yeah.
1: watching. She doesn't want to have the cops track
0: to their too underground
1: the... lair. Yeah. And so he kills Udo Kier because they can't afford to have Udo Kier in this anymore. Apparently. And so yeah. So he goes to the house. He sees that Kevin Bacon, why not, is guarding them. He uses his urine to blow up Kevin Bacon.
0: <laughs> Pollock, like, whatever. Kim Pollock probably
1: does know Kevin Bacon, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And now sets the whole house on fire. Yes, and is like, I'm gonna, hey, Christine, your date's here. It's
0: like, aren't you in danger of like hurting Christine, which you obviously do not want.
1: Doesn't seem like it matters. Uh, no, because.
0: he doesn't seem to matter. No, it doesn't seem to matter. Hey, Rod
1: Steiger's in this movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Speaking of old Hollywood stars, yeah. So somehow Arnold and the girl end up at Rod Steiger's church. Yep. Uh, Actually, he goes to question him before, but whatever. And so he goes, yeah, this is the deal. A lot of times in dreams, numbers are upside down.
0: Is that a thing? I don't don't, don't know. It's not a
1: thing. Yeah. Shame on you, Andrew Marlowe.
0: 666 is 999.
1: It's like, okay, well, this is 1999. 1999. But then you add the fact that, oh, every thousand years this happens. Okay. Okay. I know, right? You made it work. You made it work. Yeah. Yeah. An old Polish lady's got Stigmata. And basically they've got like this... In what would have been a way more interesting movie, they've got like this whole X-Files division in the basement of the church. Yeah. Because it looks like, oh, it's a church. But there's a bunch of priests that are like, let's hack the DNA nodes. And I'm like, ooh, hacker priests.
0: Right? Hacker priests. That's awesome. Hashtag.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So he explains the whole thing to him. And even though Arnold Schwarzenegger is huge and has got her through this whole thing, she's like, I'm, I'm going to stay, stay with it Rod here. Steiger. Yeah, because I- I'm feeling the, the heat of the night. Let's do this.
0: Yeah, because I'll be safe here because there's no way Satan can come into a church.
1: I guess. Yeah. So then she Arnold thinks. goes back to his apartment. Yeah. And there's another little niggle here, which is that Satan can't detect you if you're in a church, I guess.
0: Apparently. Yeah. Great. Right.
1: So now we go back to uh, Arnold's apartment and he's like, yeah, I guess everything's going to work out. But Gabriel Burns there. And this yeah. is the, insofar as there is any symbol symbolism or anything, you know, this is Christ being tempted in the wilderness. This is where... Satan is going to offer him, you know, the world or whatever. Right. He's got to refuse him. Yes. And so we get a thing where he's like, also, we didn't watch this movie for this podcast, Devil's Advocate, but this is a Bobo version of a much better scene in Devil's Advocate. (laughs) Sure. Where Al Pacino is giving the, you know, what a jerk is God sort of speech. Sure. But Gabriel Byrne gives his crappy version promises Arnold a you know a, a facsimile of his wife and daughter right <clears throat> or a world where they're not dead which right. Arnold is never tempted by no. no not once is he even tempted uh-uh. by it
0: because he's like it's not real it's not them so he doesn't want it like he doesn't You're want playing it the like, like at subtext all. baby yeah
1: and for some reason Gabriel Byrne is doing like a New York accent I guess he's a New York banker but
0: I guess come on yeah um and then we get my so, favorite part,
1: which yeah. when I saw this movie in the theater with my friends, we laughed out loud at, which was basically like Arnold Schwarzenegger at yelling at the devil and being like, roll up, bitch. You're nothing. <laughs> no, <laughs> I am Arnold Schwarzenegger. The subtext basically is right. like Arnold Schwarzenegger, not afraid of devil. Right. Filming 11.
0: Right. Um. Somehow, like Gabriel Byrne, like pushes him out the window and, like, he's like hanging on and he's getting glass in his hands. And and we've established that, that.
1: yeah, he shoots him a bunch of times, but it doesn't really do anything. He can heal the bullet wounds Mm -hmm. of this devil. So, yeah, he's got Arnold out the window and this is like literally up to a high place, Mm -hmm. you know, where he, well, it's biblical. But, uh, and he's like, okay, fine, take my hand. Okay.
0: Fuck you! Yeah! Exactly. Throws him off
1: the thing falls out through a car standard for these films we're just all reading off the same script at this point yeah and um ding dong hi it's christopher walken
0: <laughs> by which i
1: mean it's kevin Nealon. <laughs> kevin, kevin Nealon's alive
0: kevin pollock is alive and he comes in yeah and... and arnold
1: does a great you know we've seen the same sort of uh acting in jingle all the way where he's like <laughs> I don't believe that you are you.
0: Yeah. Right. Exactly. And then he like shoots Kevin Pollock in the arm. Which has
1: never becomes a problem.
0: And Kevin I know Pollack it's is like, like, ow! It's a
1: flesh wound and they're both pros. And it's probably supposed to be played for more comedy than it is. But yeah. But he does like shoot his friend. And his friend's like. I
0: know. You freaking shot me. You're a
1: jerk. You yeah. shot me.
0: Yeah. Exactly.
1: But he's alive. And then Arnold's like, oh, it's thrown just a flesh clear. wound. Yeah, yeah. I guess. And Arnold's so dumb. Yes that even you looked at me at this point because Kevin Nealon's like, no problem, buddy. I'll be there. I'll have a car. Tell me where to meet you. I know. It's like social engineering. And then you're like, oh boy. And I'm like, no, not for another 20 minutes. <laughs> We're going like, to continue. Arnold
0: like doesn't think, I thought that there was a beat where Arnold looked at him funny and was like, yep. oh, where should I meet? And then he maybe just gives her the address. In some,
1: before the reshoots, maybe that's true. But, but yeah, so they he go, just
0: gives it all up.
1: Yep, so they go to the church, and they, they grab her, and they're going to do whatever, and it's a f- trick.
0: Yes. It's a trick. He lets her in, the Kevin Pollock lets her in the car, and then he locks the doors so Arnold can't get in.
1: And then the flashlight cult shows up.
0: I know, the angry mob. There are many, swallows. many, many
1: Satanists in this movie. Yes. But they are represented by flashlights and actual torches at one point, and it's like, you're in midtown Manhattan. Where'd I you know, get a torch from?
0: Right? Are they tiki torches?
1: <laughs> That's... A different show all oh, right okay so anyway yeah there are this movie's not making any comments except no. the devil's cool right but bad right yeah so anyway um he's fighting the satans and the at some point cch pounders revealed to be a satanist the whole time everybody yeah. was a satanist the whole time yeah everybody was yeah and he gets the crap kicked out of him and they String kill him? him up no they just crucify him
0: yes and uh, then of. then what's his name, the priest from before?
1: Right. But you skipped over about 18 hours because uh, this all yeah. takes place on the 29th. We didn't have enough stuff to get to the 31st, which is when... <laughs> Yeah. When uh, the, everything happens, you know, if, like you said, from uh, my screw time is from 11 to 12 yeah. on New Year's Eve. Right. And so Arnold's just unconscious for 18 hours because we've got to move this thing forward. Right. And then he wakes up and he's like, ah.
0: How long have I been out?
1: Uh, enough time. Yeah. <laughs> that it's time now. Right. So Arnold goes back to his security company. Apparently you can do this. He's like, I'll take this, 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 this. This is the commando arming up scene. Yes. And then he I don't there's just not even let's just yada yada this part.
0: Okay. He goes to the
1: cult. He they've given Yes what's her name? Christine, of course. Christine. They've given her a like a Chinese dress, which doesn't make any sense. But it's like nineties and it's like, oh, it's exotic. Which is just weird and dumb. Arnold shoots grenades at everybody. Yeah. There's a Resident Evil video game level subway fight. yes, and we get to the big big thing here. So the big finale. Uh, they run into a church. the devil's body's been destroyed. So he possesses yes. Arnold. Now Arnold's gonna do the deed, but he's able to resist. He throws himself on the his real sword, sword that a statue is holding for yes. some reason. Yes, he explodes, sees his wife and daughters ghosts. yeah, go into a better place. yeah. And his name was Jericho the whole time.
0: Which is just like, oh my goodness. I didn't like catch that until like the end for some reason. Question
1: for you. Yeah. How shitty is this shitty movie? Um, no, I don't want to call you. Is there anything redeemable from this film? It's not, not, not a good not movie.
0: Really? Um
1: I like Rats I mean, Tiger.
0: It's like, yeah, it's it's kind of in the realm of it's so bad, it's good, but I don't <laughs> know if it's quite good. <laughs> um
1: so Bad It's Good is taking that huge swing. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it's the Bambino getting up there, po- pointing at, uh, at, le- at uh, left field, and just cranking it, and it goes backwards into the stands and knocks a fan out. You know right. what I mean? It's not like calling your shot and then getting a dribble single to first. Right. And that's what this movie is. Like having horny devil blow people up and stuff. Gabriel yeah. Byrne, loose in New York. There's a lot of things that if you really wanted to go like super 90s extreme with it, you could have. And they don't. Like it doesn't, it's yeah. just gross. Yep. This movie is just so gross on so many levels for no reason other than, oh, that's, uh, this is cool. It's a well, and there's like
0: this, for randomly, there's this one kid at one point who has something like this, like Satan Rolls or something like that on his shirt, <laughs> and he's like just like an asshole, and he's got another- dreadlocks and like a skateboard, and he's like just skateboard uh, like hey out in the street, and then like Gabriel Byrne is like, "Hey, dude!" and the guy like turns around and then he gets hit by a bus. Right. What was the point? It's just a- he was like cool shirt. Yeah.
1: What? Yeah, that's from another movie where. Satan's doing wacky hijinks. Satan is Loki and he's doing wacky right? hijinks in New York. But yeah. this movie keeps going from like ex- maggot apples to uh, pizza shakes. Yeah. man, We're just just stacking the titles hat on top <laughs> of a hat here. And it never like what, you know, decide what you want to be.
0: It, it, and I think maybe that is the problem with this film. It it does not decide what it wants to be. It wants to be everything. It wants to have all the things. and. Um,
1: it wants to be rated R, and yeah. I don't think it even really needed to be rated R.
0: No, I don't think so either.
1: There's so. just a sleaziness and yep. a scuzziness about it yep. that doesn't, like, if you watch a movie, we should have watched Devil's Advocate. Devil's Advocate, like, owns its sort of scuzziness. Mm-hmm. It gives you the sort of, like, you know, vice behavior and the, and the sweaty sex and stuff like that, and it makes it kind of appealing, but it makes it gross at the same time. It makes yeah. it it's like eating an entire cheesecake. Sure, it was delicious, Brain. but you look down, and you're like,
0: I can't believe I I'm ate a the terrible whole thing. person.
1: Yeah. Whereas this is just it wants to have all of it. You know, it, I think that it's on Gabriel Byrne's side. It's cool to kiss somebody's wife in front of them and grab a titty and then blow everybody up.
0: I, I know, like, what the heck?
1: <laughs> I know, it's just the horniest,
0: grossest movie it ever. Is. yeah, I agree.
1: Gabriel Byrne was in Stigmata, too. Does Gabriel Byrne hate religion? I don't know. Isn't he Irish?
0: I don't know. Um, And like another weird when movie.
1: Satan grabbed him out of the bathroom, was it before or after? Because Satan's full of poop. He's <laughs> walking around. I know, right? For days.
0: <laughs> just just pooping.
1: I just think that it's so cool. Like when he shows up initially Satan, he blows up through the ground. I know. And all these manholes explode because hell is under the ground.
0: I, I The street I know. is
1: the ground. I know. And he's under it.
0: And then there's even like a newscaster reporting on it like later. Like, no. This is a hot
1: three days in, in New York. I know. Like, this is pre 9 11. And you see the two towers, It's you know, millions of times. It's just a New York movie before 9 right. 11. But like, yeah, this is like the biggest thing to ever happen to New York.
0: I know. And they're like, you know, fires from the manholes still have not been blew explained. Up. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. And, a, and two it's churches like, were destroyed. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And there's like no explanation for it. So it's just kind of like, okay. Um. Yeah, it. it it's, a, it's a really sweaty film, you know? <laughs> yeah,
1: sometimes literally.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's
1: just so, it's so, um, toxic masculinity gets used a lot in commentary but these it, days for good reasons, yeah. but it absolutely applies to this. I,
0: absolutely.
1: Beezle bro. Y-
0: yes, yes.
1: It's just like a bro Satan who's like, yeah, I like titties and blowing things up. And there's, you know, one woman in this film, sorry, CCH Pounder.
0: <laughs> yeah, right.
1: CCH Pounder plays a lot of masculine roles. Like, she wouldn't really argue yeah. with that. No. I think that she comes off masculine. You yes. know. Her femininity is not an issue in this movie. There's nope. one character whose femininity is important, and we see her boobies. Yeah, I know. So, for no reason. Yeah. So, yeah, it just the whole thing is just gross.
0: Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I agree with you. And I mean, in the end, Christine survives. And she does not get impregnated with the Antichrist. So first thing you do, good.
1: First thing you do, Uh, let's stop off at the at the drugstore. I right, (laughs) right, yeah. This girl's on the pill.
0: We don't got a problem. I know, I know. All the times you shot Gabriel
1: Byrne, you never aimed for his crotch. I
0: know, right, right. Just shoot it off.
1: The Lord is my shepherd and my RU486. Like, we are set. Like, yeah, there is I know. no, that's all you have to do. Well, and plus, the timing is so weird. It I know. has to be, be between 11 and 12. They are literally counting down the seconds because it keeps cutting yeah. back. Because this is there's a lot of millennial fiction at this time, but it keeps coming, cutting back to Times Square. Yes. The ball is literally dropping. There are 10 seconds left. Yeah. Even if Arnold has you down on a thing. His pants are on with five seconds left. I don't even understand the logistics of this. I, I know. Like, does he have to bust at 11.59? Ninety nine fifty nine? How does this yeah. work? Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, yeah, it's th- not really explored at all. Um, and... Yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's just super gross. Um,
1: The fact that time, time is always a thing in these movies and and, and, uh, apocalyptic sort of things. You know, the fact that the earth was created at 4004 BC Mm -hmm. at 9 a.m. Yes. No, sorry. That was 903 a.m. Right, right. You're wrong. Right. Moving on. Right. Like it is in Good Omens. Yes. The new Amazon show. That is by Neil Gaiman. Yes. He is a producer on it because yeah. that's what he does now. He's I a know. TV guy. Did you know that? I Yeah. I guess he did some comic books or something. But anyway, he's just like really <laughs> a successful TV producer. Got a rock star <laughs> wife. Know, it all worked out. Yeah. Uh, let's comment on his art instead. Yeah. Okay. What happens to Good Omens and really make it quick?
0: Um, well, there is um, the devil Crowley and the angel Azrafel. And they're there at the creation of humans. Wow.
1: You are literally taking it all the way back to the very beginning. I will
0: get there, as in
1: Genesis one one.
0: Okay, okay. So then, flash forward to
1: thank you, um,
0: like eleven years ago, and um, uh, Crawley is commissioned to deliver the Antichrist to uh, in a, who's in a basket, uh, to um, yeah, to a hospital where there are. Nuns who are like they're of this order that are they're like satanic nuns, uh, and um, so he's kind of worried about this. So this is kind of a big deal because this is the beginning of Armageddon, um, so should he, be happy
1: about that, right? Devil,
0: right? But he's not because he likes Queen, he likes human things, you know, yeah. so uh, him and Azrafel both because they've been on earth this entire time, so, anyways. He delivers the kid. There are some mix-ups that happen along the way. Uh, There are three different babies, and they get shuffled around. Um, The Antichrist was supposed to go to an an American ambassador and his wife, uh, but instead gets delivered to um, a young British couple. Um, And so they think that the Antichrist is with this ambassador and his wife, so... Crawley and Azrafel like watch him grow up and help guide him and try to make him neither good nor bad.
1: Go to his birthday party. Yeah. Make sure nobody hangs themselves.
0: Right, exactly. And the Hellhound was supposed to arrive exactly at like three at his birthday party, and it did not show up. And then they were like, wrong kid.
1: There and that's how we end the first episode. Right. There's a weird thing here, and you get this in um I can't believe we're gonna do this, but you get this in Kevin Smith's Dogma as well. Okay. Where the sort of rules of Christianity and specifically of the Catholic Church are sort of lampooned in that, you know, Alan Rickman is an angel. Yes. And he he loves drinking, but he if he doesn't swallow, it's not a sin or whatever. So he uh-huh. drinks tequila but then spits it out. You right. Know, and just like these sort of rules. And so you get that too with like... Crowley would love to just listen to Queen and drive his cool car around and maybe, you know, crash the British Telecom
0: network. Right.
1: But he doesn't want the world to end because that's where all his stuff is. Exactly. And so, at the same, do you think okay, well, just rebel. You rebelled once, but for some reason he can't. And so he doesn't want to. He agrees to corrupt the kid just enough while. As Raphael, whatever yes. his name is, is making the kid good just enough. So the kid becomes just like,
0: like a normal kid,
1: just works in an office or something. Right. <laughs> but it's like if he really wants to avoid the apocalypse, why not make the kid good? Right. I guess because he would be destroyed when the final battle comes. He would be destroyed if God wins. Right. So they just want to perpetuate it forever.
0: Uh huh. It's yeah.
1: look, ultimately it's a humanist tale. I mean, you've got, right. it's thrown into motion because these two angels who are watching over the garden of Eden, which I made you skip, but now is relevant, uh, sympathize with humanity. Yeah. And then thousands of years later, they love all humanity's stuff. Like it is a human humanist parable. It is. About how, can't we just let the world continue? All your stuff's there too.
0: Uh huh. Right. Exactly.
1: I think that gets lost, though, with Frances McDormand popping in to bother us all the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She plays God. Yeah. Um, Just voiceover.
1: As the second episode picks up.
0: Yes. Um,
1: We meet Agnes Nutter. Yes. I'll take it. Okay. We meet Agnes Nutter. Yeah. Who is a titular character, if you're going by the book and the official long title of the book, which Mm -hmm. is The Nice and Accurate Prophecies of Agnes Nutter Witch. Yes. And we learn about her. Uh, She's put to death. Uh, but gets her revenge, I guess. And a thing that's, I guess, supposed to be funny, but is really dark as well. It uh, seems like there's a lot of tonal problems when you're trying to make jokes about the end of the world and Satan, and this yep. is, also has that problem. Uh, her book of prophecies is passed down through the ages, although not widely. Um, this family who through we just relatives. meet out of the way, out of, middle yeah. of nowhere, who are relatives. Um, have it and so this girl who is sort of the scion of this like witch line is going to find the uh, antichrist uh, for some reason mm-hmm. uh, stop him help him we don't know and she has a counterpart in this guy bob pucifer i don't know his name right. he's the descendant of thou shalt not commit adultery pucifer who is the witch hunter finder who yes. uh, originally found agnes and he is just this Goofy dude who's trying to get a job, young guy, and he has a magical aversion to technology. Yeah. Which will become important later. Yeah. And that's what happens in that episode, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. You forgot to mention, or maybe I cut you off in the first episode, that we do meet Adam, the purported Antichrist. Yes. The child of the British couple, or surrogate child of the British couple. Yeah. And the hellhound who is to be his. His right hand, you right. Know, his his destroyer, this horrible creature who, when he shows up, the kid's like, I wish I had a cute little dog. And then he's like, oh, whoop, and becomes yep. like a cute little dog. Exactly. And so now the beast of the apocalypse is this cute little mutt.
0: And his name is Dog.
1: Yeah. And we get this idea that he's... <sighs> I'm not going to comment on the book. I read the book a long time ago. Yeah, you I also read the too. book a long time ago. Yes. So I don't have enough um, memory of it to really comment, but... In the show, you get the idea of that the kid is like something special. It doesn't it's not like he's walking on water no he's, but but he's a he born could leader. also but he could also just be if you have a group of friends, there's gonna be the really confident like one that everybody thinks of as the leader of the group. Right. And he is that. Yes. Supernatural or no, it just sort of fits into the different personalities in this group. It's kind Mm -hmm. of the one thing that I like about it, even though all these kids are like right from Central Casting.
0: Right, exactly. And we
1: don't get anything from the kid to distinguish him as a major character yet. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if that is something by the show, thinking he'll get his scenes later or whatever, but you should set up now that He's we, gonna be a big deal. Yeah. And yeah. he doesn't feel that way. And I don't no, know if they're trying to make him feel subtle or they're just think they've nailed it and they haven't. I think it's the second. Oh. Because okay. here's my review of the series.
0: Okay. Not great. Not great.
1: There are a lot of things in here that I feel like they think are just destroying and needle is this even on.
0: No, oh, okay. For me. All right. Yeah. Um, do you have some examples?
1: I do have some examples. Thank you for asking me about my examples. Sure. Let's see if I can pull them up here.
0: Okay. All right.
1: The Um, jokes aren't funny. Oh,
0: okay. I've always
1: thought of Terry Pratchett as a more prolific, less talented Douglas Adams.
0: Okay. (laughs) All right.
1: Like, I like some of the, and I'm not, I'm far from being like an expert on Terry Pratchett, but the guy's got a million books. Mm Mm-hmm. Many of his, they're very, like, all the million Discworld novels, you know, the guy is just a typing machine. And many of them are about similar themes. They are funny, they have magic and, like, religious figures and stuff, but they are essentially humanist. And they're more about, whereas Douglas Adams takes on bureaucracy or train schedules (laughs) or or, or, or TV guide, whatever it is that he's going after. Terry Pratchett is going after these big issues, and I admire him for that, but he's not as funny as Douglas Adams, Mm -hmm. and maybe it's because I'm a big Douglas Adams fan, but all of his stuff is structured like Douglas Adams stuff, but it doesn't hit the same way.
0: I see what you're saying. You
1: know, so we'll set up the kind of punchline, like the Ducks thing. Uh, I get that that's supposed to be like a funny British Douglas Adams type thing, but you kind of missed it. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not... It's, it's a, it's a little funny. way to end this important discussion to, for you to remember what water runs off of or whatever. Right. It, maybe it works better on the page, but here it's just like, okay, yeah.
0: It's just kind of a not That's quirky. so funny joke. Yeah, uh, exactly.
1: Yeah, Crowley giving um, a bunch of uh, accountants who, I guess, hate each other because it's a commentary on just, you know, modern, the soullessness of modern business and yeah. in our occupations, giving them real bullets instead of paintballs. But and not then, having
0: them be fatal.
1: But they're not fatal, yeah. and then a SWAT team shows up at the end.
0: You to know, confiscate their guns, I
1: get, well because a bunch of accountants are shooting up this uh, church, in, you know, in the countryside. Is like ha ha ha, but you know, with what happened in Virginia just this uh, last week, yeah, I know. it just reminds you that like stuff like that, like, just isn't as funny as it used to be, right? What did you think of the show? Did you like
0: it? Um, did you not like it? Well, I mean, Where's I they? think what you said about the the guns is kind of toned off um, with everything that goes on um, in the world and I don't know if England feels differently about shootings than we do. Well, have any guns. Um well, yeah. Um, but it just was not really a great choice. Um I um I I like um, Crowley and Azrafel. Um, I, I think that they work well off of each other. Um I, I do kind of wonder a little bit, like, so supposedly um, Adam is cloaked somehow, so they cannot sense him. But I just kind of wonder, as like. Because you know, David
1: Tennant says he's got a cloak thingy. Yeah,
0: I know, it's right? Like, okay,
1: okay, doctor.
0: I know. So I, I just kind of wonder you're these supernatural beings, you're very powerful. Why can't you find this kid? And I mean, I guess at the end of the second episode, Azrafel kind of does. But it's with the help of Agnes Nutter's book. Um, so... Um, yeah, but
1: the way that he finds him is he, it's just another example of something that I think works on a page and doesn't, doesn't work, work in a, a show. A show. Because so many Pratchett Ian and also Douglas Adams Ian humor bits yeah. are setups for like the end of a chapter or they're, they're yeah, a shaggy dog yeah. story. They're mm-hmm. a pull the rug out thing. So you have this thing where it's like he looks through the prophecies. Finally, we have all these answers and it's amazing. And the number of their beast shall be this, 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 and this. And there's no way. Could it be? Ring, ring. Yes. residents of the Antichrist. The number of the beast is a telephone number. Right. Chapter seven. You know, I, it's like. That's, yeah. But instead, the director and the director of this can take a flying leap Douglas McKinnon always been very unimpressed with everything that he's done. Okay. Directed all the bad episodes of Doctor Who, directed the Abominable Bride, that bad episode of Sherlock. He's just a guy who was just in. He is always going to he is the Mark Gatiss of BBC directors. <sighs> Great. Directed every episode of this and he builds this thing up to I know they've got to end this episode, but they build it up to be this huge thing and it's like that's ruins the joke. Like once he the Guy picks up and it's like oh and he's like oh my god and the music's like
0: oh. yeah
1: why is that you were looking for him I know that isn't a bad moment for you that's no. a triumphant moment for right. you right
0: yeah but it wasn't so it doesn't even make way. sense in the tone no I didn't kidding. like it okay unless
1: you've got anything else to say that's my ruling
0: um I still want to continue watching it um I. I remember having mixed feelings about the book and maybe I'll feel the same way about the series. I don't know. Um,
1: I'm not very mixed,
0: but um, uh,
1: I do like David Tennant's uh, Bill Nye impression, (laughs) which sadly lasts for only about the first half of the first episode.
0: I suppose. Um, I, I do remember liking this more than American gods. I'll just say that much.
1: I like the Star series, American Gods, more well, than this.
0: I I like the Star series. I just mean, like, book wise, I liked Good Omens more than American Gods.
1: So okay. I don't know. Well, that's a bad omen. <laughs> I mean, that's the title of the bad review, right? Yeah,
0: I think you're me. right.
1: Somebody did a Apocalypse Nah.
0: Oh my gosh!
1: You're fired. <laughs> you don't work for me. But I'm. This is a citizens firing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, we have a whole matrix that we don't have time to go through, um, but we sort of picked it out because a lot of these movies, on purpose because they're pastiches, but eerily, ooh, the omen, uh, share qualities. Yes. Uh, some of them are kind of gimmies. Like, if you're going to have religion, you're going to have nuns. Yeah. But I think it's interesting that Rosemary's Baby, the first one, which really doesn't mention the church at all, these are mm-hmm. secular New Yorkers, yes. has a character named Roman.
0: <laughs> I, I know, right? That's weird. It is weird.
1: They all feature tattoos or writings or or signifiers, semaphore on skin. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the they don't all have Playboy models. No. <laughs> Some of them stand out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you right.
1: know, they all uh, take place in London. Like yeah. the omen doesn't have to be in London, but it is. Exactly. Uh, I just think that's weird. Like why sure Rome I'd get. I get Israel. But why, why does London why keep showing London? up? Two of them have Doctor Who actors. That's true. That might be a function of
0: London. Or BBC. I don't yeah. really know. Right. Yeah.
1: Right. Um, only one of them's got Kevin Pollock <laughs> But anyway, um, we will uh, put that matrix up, I guess, uh, on our Facebook page so you can find it there if you want to. But so we, what do we got here? We got Roseberry's Baby.
0: Yeah. Thumbs up. Uh, Omen. Um, I... I don't know. I'm kind of mixed on that.
1: Okay, we got a thumb to the side. We'll have a thumb pointing uh, north, northwest for me. Okay. End of days.
0: Um. Yeah, it's just kind of bad. Double thumbs
1: it? down. Yeah. And a good omens?
0: Um, I like it. Thumbs up, I thumbs I think I like it. Yeah. We're split. Okay.
1: Like Crowley and, and As a referral,
0: <laughs> and John Hamm. Oh, yes. <laughs>
1: All right, well, that was a long show, but, you know, we did cover three movies
0: and, and a show. miniseries. Yeah. Yeah,
1: so you're welcome, Great. I guess. And what did we learn?
0: Um, We learned that um, the... Remember at the beginning, hours yeah. and
1: hours ago, when I talked about my thesis about apocalyptic fiction? Eschatological uh, fiction?
0: Yes. Um, It's... Um, I don't know. Uh, we... <laughs>
1: I guess it was my thesis.
0: Um, <laughs> um, I mean, it's going to give you a shot at it. <laughs> you're, um, be care, be careful of the Antichrist. Um, you know, he's going to prevail or not be born. I don't know. I, um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. You, you say your theory.
1: Okay, I will. Okay. I think we're afraid of destruction. I think we're afraid of apocalypse. We're afraid yeah. of everything we have going away. But if you are on the Christian side of this, it's like we also have a concept of uh, an eternal renewal, you know, of of, of uh, the forest fire clearing the way for new growth, you mm-hmm. know, evil being destroyed so good can reign or whatever. Right. And somebody who is not a Christian but kind of gets this is uh, Alan Moore. Oh, he's going to compliment Alan Moore. What's next? Grant Morrison? in <laughs> um, his whole uh, America's Best Comics line with Promethea. Uh, Promethea is, is basically the um, Antichrist of their world. Okay. Although Christ is not a big factor in their world. But she destroys their world. And so um, everybody, all the heroes come and they're all like, how do we stop this? And we have to stop her from doing this. hmm and they all learn eventually that she is the like queen or goddess of stories, the embodiment of fiction and that stories have to have an end. Yeah. But then you tell a new story. Sure. And so once the apocalypse passes, everybody is still alive but they're in a new world and it is an amazing world where you can talk to like your dead loved ones and you've got jetpacks and stuff like that. Okay. And it's it's Alan Moore quitting DC and like, you know, like giving up the line. Sure. But also leaving it totally open and suggestive that there could be a number of amazing new stories in this universe. Like, it doesn't have to be an end.
0: Okay. Well, I think that's pretty cool. Um, Do you think that any of these films, like, touch upon that? No,
1: this is all gloom and doom. Yeah. And something that we have to avert. Right. Or fail to avert in two of these.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: So can't remember the end of Good Omens, but anyway, two is, two is good enough. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I guess if I was going to write my master's thesis on this, I would compare, you know, the, the good apocalypse. The good, you know, the good
0: apocalypse. <laughs> like Kiefer
1: Sutherland says. Oh, my God. Melancholia. Aww. Another movie about an apocalypse Aww. that shan't be mentioned the anymore.
0: Real scientists. Here, yeah.
1: Well, if you want to be with the real scientists on social media, we're pop culture scientists. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter, Just Enough Trope. Time's running out. Yep. To catch us on iTunes. Yeah,
0: that's true. (laughs) You
1: can find us at Just Enough Trope. Uh, In whatever form iTunes shall continue on once the iTunes Antichrist lands and destroys iTunes, Uh, find us there by subscribing to the show and giving us a, uh, well, I said subscribe, of course, because you want to get the show whenever it comes out. Uh, You also want to give us a review. We want to hear how you think we're doing. Give us a rating. We say this every show, but I'd like to really double down it's important. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm embarrassed at how few ratings we have. I know we've got listeners. Uh, we've been doing this for a while. So if you've been listening for a while, just take a few moments or, you know what, I don't care, wait until it does become iPodcasts or whatever. And it's probably easy to do. But set yourself a note. Come check us out. Uh, give us a review. Uh, give us some appreciation. Give us yeah. give us five jackal skeletons. We'd really <laughs> appreciate that. Um, strange. Yes. Strange. Yeah. Patrick Troughton is cut off from saying the word jackal. I don't think jackal is ever said again in the film. So I only know it's a jackal skeleton because of Wikipedia. Okay. And just general like knowledge about the film. Okay. Lead lead buried or skeleton buried?
0: Mm, Both.
1: Actually, it's just sort of like covered over. There's no dirt.
0: Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Let's
1: move this stone over this empty, empty grave. I
0: know, right? There's no a lot of de- or decomposition
1: in five years too. I know. Anyway, uh, wow. Instead of thinking about all that, give us five stars. We'd appreciate it. Uh, we got to wrap it up. It's been a long time, but we'll be back next week. Signing off. I'm your host Caliban. I'm your
0: co-host Meghan. Keep
1: the geek fires burning. A place where nothing-